Oh, Warlord, I can't argue with that now, can I? <laughs> Justin Jones, Representative Justin Jones, and I have some I have some video to play you from earlier today. Justin Jones, one of uh, two lawmakers uh, who have faced votes thus far. Justin Jones has been expelled from the Tennessee legislature. So what was going on? And I got to tell you, it got... This is Justin Jones right now. Yes, I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday. A second vote. Representatives were thrown... To expel Representative Gloria Johnson failed, and we are awaiting a third vote. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this... Spartan, what is up? ...in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise, and it is a prophecy. He's making a reference to Easter. The cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. And so I've still got hope because I know we are still here. This is live on the... Tennessee House floor. Out of order. Out of order. We have one more vote getting ready to take place here momentarily. We're voting on House Resolution 63. All those in favor, vote aye when the bell rings. Those opposed, vote no. Has every member voted? Does any member wish to change their vote? And here it is, raucous on the Tennessee House floor. We killed the microphones. Mr. Clerk, take the vote. High 69, 26 nays. Having received the, con the concurrence of two-thirds of the members to which the House is entitled in the Constitution of the State of Tennessee, House Resolution 63 is hereby adopted. Without objection, the motion reeks serious table. Pursuant to Article 2, Section 12 of the Constitution of the State of Tennessee, I hereby declare Representative Justin J. Pearson of the 86th Representative District expelled from the House of Representatives of the 103rd General Assembly of the State of Tennessee. They sure did. Next order, Mr. Clark. Two of the three representatives Next order, Mr. Clark. have been expelled. Roll call. Once again, this is live on the House floor. Representative Johnson survives expulsion. That was the vote to expel Representative Pearson, which you just witnessed. Getting a roll call vote right now. Simp, what is going on? Two out of the three uh, Democratic legislatures, leg, leg, legislators in Tennessee that Republicans decided to make an example of have been expelled. Leader Cocker, you're recognized. Leader Cocker, Leader Lambert, you're recognized. Yeah, the two black guys. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. That's who they expelled. 
lasts until 5 p.m. on Monday, April 10th, 2023. Without objection, the House stands in recess till 5 p.m. on They're Monday. chanting, April "Shame on you." With that, they gaveled out. Shame on them, indeed. This relates to the protest that took place in the Capitol earlier in the week, or was it the end of last week? I'm so confused. Like days are running together now. New tonight, a Detroit man will spend 54 years in jail. This was in response to the shooting that took place at the beginning of last week. Protest erupted at the Capitol calling for legislation to deal with the rash of gun violence. This is the ten this is the Tennessean which had running updates, but Representative Johnson survives expulsion. Vote uh, vote to expel Representative Pearson to follow. The state house took up resolutions to expel three Democratic lawmakers over their actions, interrupting a floor session and using a bullhorn to lead chants for gun control. Representative Justin Jones, a Democrat from Nashville, was expelled by a vote of 72 to 25 after 90 minutes of debate. So he was the first one they voted on. I would like to show you uh, a speech by Justin Jones in his defense earlier today. We are brought to here where members are responding in the most extreme measure, not because of what we did, but because by breaking the quorum, we broke the glass of your false power for the world to see. We broke the glass of this chamber that someone called sacred. One of the members on the other side of the aisle was in tears and said, I've never seen such a breach of this sacred chamber. And I thought to myself, where were you on January 6th, asshole? History. Because it's in this chamber, if you walk around this Capitol, you'll see bullet holes when representatives got into conflict. You'll see duels take place on this House floor, debating whether people like me should be treated like equal citizens under law. This is not a temple. This is a place where we're supposed to wrestle for our democracy and wrestle ideas and give voice to 78,000 constituents each of us represents. But for so long, this body, drunk with power, has modeled for the world what we know as nothing less than authoritarianism. And today is the climax of that behavior. That a week after a mass shooting plagued our community, the most direct action this legislative body takes, or should I say my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are taking, is to expel us for speaking about the issues You're here. of weapons of war on our streets. He ain't done. So today, oh, hold on, there's more. Oh, I thought there was more. I'm sorry. Must be a different set of uh, videos I have. 
My apologies. It was an excellent speech. That was Representative Justin Jones, who was expelled by the Tennessee legislature earlier today. The second vote... Uh, this was um, Gloria Johnson. That's the white lady right there. The second vote to expel Gloria Johnson, the Democrat from Knoxville, failed by one vote. And as you guys just watched, the motion to expel Representative Justin Pearson of Memphis passed. Yeah, two Justins got canceled today. Uh, Justin Freakin always angling to make it a third. Jones's expulsion marks the fourth time since the end of the Civil War when House members expelled their elected colleagues. Just fucking insane. Representative Pearson expelled by a vote of 69 to 26. Not nice. Pearson said in closing remarks, for all of you who still believe that there are better days ahead in Tennessee, I believe with you. Even now, amid this vote, amid this persecution, I remember the good news. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're coming up on Easter. Next time you see the Troll Patrol, I'll have the Easter graphics up. I'm very proud of him. I showed him to Curiouser yesterday. So I've done my best to catch you up on this story. Let's go to ABC News. See how the national news is covering this story. Tennessee House are set to vote on whether to remove three Democrats from office for leading a protest over gun laws following the deadly Nashville school shooting. Last week, Democratic reps Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson led chants and held signs, uh, even a bullhorn, urging their Republican colleagues to pass stricter gun laws after three children and three staffers were killed by a shooter at that school. ABC's Jay O'Brien is following this closely. Uh, Jay, these three have already lost their ID access to the state capitol. They've been stripped of their wow. committee assignments. Uh, walk us through what happened here and, and where we stand. Yeah, and so what happens is it starts oh, last week, babies. As you said, that video that you just played. These three members, these three Democrats in the Tennessee House of Representatives, they go up to the well of the House, they have a bullhorn, and there's an ongoing protest in the Tennessee Capitol after that tragic Nashville shooting. The protest is for gun safety legislation and the like. And these three members engage as part of that protest on the floor of the Tennessee House. Now, what they're accused of doing, I'll show you exactly. Here is the resolution Yo. to expel one of them, Gloria Johnson. My copy's highlighted here, but it's the exact same resolution for Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, the other two lawmakers here who the Tennessee House will vote to expel at some point today, it's expected. Could be moments from now even. And they're accused of, and I'll quote directly. So the two black men expelled. Leading chants with citizens in the gallery and generally engaged in disorderly and disruptive conduct. That is the resolution that Republicans in the Tennessee House are bringing to a vote today to expel these three Democrats, saying that they were disorderly, that they disrupted decorum while engaging in this protest. I can tell you, Democrats in the Tennessee House say that they were engaging, and they took a phrase from John Lewis here, in good trouble. 
and they are preparing to try to fight this resolution uh, in, a, in a special election that would come if these three members are expelled. And it's an interesting element, Jay, because they're admitting themselves that they did break the rules and they know that they did, but they're still saying for the Republican side of things, there's a lot of hypocrisy here. And it's rare to expel someone in the Tennessee House. And that's one of the things that Democrats are leveling at Republicans, that uh, according to the, the local reporting that we're reading in places like the Tennessee and et cetera, who's doing excellent work on this. Tennessee was who I was reading from. Two members of the Tennessee House of Representatives since the 1800s, and those were after investigations, and they were bipartisan votes. So Democrats in the Tennessee House are accusing Republicans of essentially weaponizing this expulsion process. You Justin's can today because they didn't like the protest that they engaged in Republicans again returning to that argument that I just laid out for you that these members were disorderly and deserve to be kicked out and again that vote expected to happen at some point today it could be moments from now Diane so Jay what have you been seeing on Capitol Hill in terms of the broader tensions between parties on gun control and is Washington weighing in on what's happening in Tennessee right now well, it's interesting. All politics is local, right? So you're seeing something in Tennessee organic from the Nashville shooting, but it also ripples all the way to Capitol Hill. And we saw even after the Nashville shooting, tensions rise on Capitol Hill as well. You'll remember uh, that interaction between Jamal Hakeem, Bowman, Democrat, yeah, Jamal Bowman, and Thomas Massey, Republican of Sorry, Kentucky, I almost called him Hakeem Jeffries because it was a little bit ago. So Jamal Bowman goes out near the, the Bowman like the, the floor of the House of Representatives, starts telling reporters to press Republicans on gun issues. Thomas Massey comes out and they start to have this very, and you can see, animated debate about guns right there in the door behind Thomas. Massey, that brown door, that's the floor of the House of Representatives. So tension even flaring there as well, Diane, but in terms of policy and in terms of action, one of the things we've seen from Republicans in the House is that they don't show a willingness to engage uh, on guns issues. Democrats are repeatedly calling for Republicans to bring some kind of issue on guns to the floor, but Republicans saying that that is not something they're interested in doing, and they're accusing Democrats. And that's at the national level. I want to kick it back down to the state level with Tennessee, who we were just focusing on with the vote to expel. I highlighted this uh, a month or two back during one of the shootings, because, you know, we have so many of them because it's just another day in goddamn mass shooting USA. When mass shootings happen, Republican-led states are actually quick to pass legislation about guns. It's just in the opposite direction. It's not to try to restrict guns. It's to uh, lift regulations on guns every single fucking time. And Tennessee Republicans have indeed been willing to bring a resolution about guns to the floor. Uh, they uh, passed a resolution to allow teachers to uh, carry I'm not joking you. That's that's what the Tennessee Republicans are doing. I'm gonna say today music blaring there. In the face of mass protests.
that was a look on looked like the committee that was debating it where is the actual story what Lenny good evening where is where is the actual story give me story The shooting spurred calls for change from Tennessee lawmakers. The Senate had several gun... A bill that would allow teachers to carry a concealed handgun has been deferred until 2024. I'm sorry, I was under the assumption it had passed. SB 1325 is sponsored by Senator Paul Bailey and would authorize faculty or staff members of a school to carry a concealed handgun on school grounds under certain conditions. The bill's language states that faculty and staff members would be required to obtain a handgun carry permit and complete a minimum of 40 hours of training. They would also need jointly written authorization from the director of schools, the principal of the school, and the chief of the appropriate law enforcement agency. Ah, oh, soup. Good evening. I was I was shining it up earlier. Giving it a good shining. Soup also incredibly handsome. Dapper lad, if I might say so myself. I'd swipe right. I'd give you a tap on the grinder. Teachers would also, I, I, I take things way too far. Justin, stop that. You live in sexual <laughs> anarchy. Teachers would also only be allowed to carry a handgun on the grounds of the school where they are employed. Good. They won't just be able to go over to any other school with their gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm the sheriff over here at uh, South Park Elementary. Just coming over here, make sure everybody's uh, staying in line. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's pay teachers low-rate wages and then expect them to be Rambo in the classroom. I'm not eyeing up for this shit. At least it got deferred. I figured the Tennessee Republicans were dumb enough to pass that shit. Did you know that you can carry a gun in a bar in Tennessee? Fuck, Mox. Fuck. God damn it. We're on the timer now. Thanks to Mox, who hasn't even said anything in the chat yet. Just been lurking. I didn't even run down what we're talking about tonight. I've got some wild stories. I will tell you that the thing that I'm looking forward to most tonight is Matt Taibbi was on the Mehdi Hassan show and we've got plenty of clips to watch. We're going to watch pretty much the whole interview because I'm sure it's going to be good. We got reporting from The Intercept that says that a uh, the Trump lawyer, the uh, uh, Taco, Taco Pina, He actually gave some money to a Democrat that supported uh, impeaching Trump. Got an update on Melania. Is she or uh, will she or won't she when it comes to leaving the Don? Aaron McDougal decided to post following uh, Donald Trump's indictment. 
We got an announcement. We got another Democrat in the running for president. 2024 is heating up and I'm... It's certainly not a whack job that I'm going to laugh about announcing their, their run for president. Surely not. That's a tease. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met with the Taiwanese president, apparently taking backlash for it. The Arizona Supreme Court ruled on execution. We're going to talk about the riots in Paris. Riot police clashing with protesters. As as they still go into town on the government over there. And I'm here for it. Uh, We encourage people to kick authority in the balls here on this stream. He's kicking authority in the balls. I didn't cuss at any point in time while I was doing the rundown, did I? You guys got to keep me honest over here. I don't know if I did or I didn't. You may be thinking to yourself, Justin hasn't done cop stories in a couple of days. I'm I'm missing out on 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 cop killings. Want to hear about cops killing citizens? I got you covered tonight. A cop hit a kid with his vehicle and then lied about it. But we've got the we got the tape. We got cop on cop violence. Like this is a wild story. Cop shot another cop. It was his superior, too. He shot his superior because his superior was apparently trying to rape him. His sergeant was trying to rape him after the the two of them were at a bar together. DOJ has launched an investigation into a police shooting. I'm sorry, it doesn't say on my notes where it was at. That's a, that's a my bad kind of thing. A kidnapping vehicle, uh, 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 a kidnapping, I'm not high enough. I'm not high enough for this stuff. Remember, I'm still on the clock. A kidnapping vehicle. Why do I want to say a kidnapping vehicle? A kidnapping victim has died after a high-speed chase with the cops. I assume the cops were at fault. Somehow. Uh, a new investigation shows that churches be raping kids out here because, uh, of course they are. <laughs> we, we didn't even need another investigation to tell us that. I just, I just, I don't know it to be a fact, but I know I'm I'm screwing up the Bill Maher line. I'm actually stealing from Bill Maher here. I don't know it to be fact. I just know it's true or whatever he says. The San Antonio daycare is now under investigation after parents of uh, a wee little one sewed a recording device into their jacket and, and caught the daycare worker, uh, Abusing the kid? I don't even I don't even know what I, I don't read this stuff ahead of time. A woman a woman has poisoned her husband with Drano. We got a man walking up to the cops and just admitting to murdering his friend. Heroic efforts in Hollywood as bystanders try to save people from a Tesla that exploded. 
We're still kind of catching up on stuff that I missed in the three weeks that I was off. Almost four weeks. And one of the things that I missed out on was the 20th anniversary of the invasion of Iraq. And I found this cool little piece today about the dude that threw the shoe at George W. Bush. We're going to check in on him. I hope he's having a good life. Apparently, apparently he's still standing behind his decision to throw a shoe at George W. Bush. I still stand behind his decision to throw a shoe at George W. Bush. Oh, I'm going to tell you about two different uh, celebrities who are both uh, possible pedophiles, definite creeps. I say possible pedophile. I guess it's I guess it's definite pedophile. It would be one uh, comedian, Bobby Lee who apparently told a story about sleeping with an underage girl in Tijuana. And uh, lead singer of the band Aerosmith, also kind of making the same excuse for his uh, sleeping with an underage girl. Both of them are creeps that deserve all the scorn. All the scorn. Deidre in California is apparently standing behind her decision to berate the children with racial slurs. We're going to try to bring some levity into this show. Oh, I've got video of a soccer ref in Mexico. Kneeing a player in the groin while also throwing a yellow card at him. And a NFL uh, host made some racy comments on her podcast that have gone viral. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. Sounds like uh, sounds like that one woman lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual I I anarchy? Cuss. What in the world is going on in the chat right now? Mouselander, are you are, are are you friend or foe over here? You see, you you you're a friend. Hiya, smash, smash. I said I would shave my head if Donald Trump got a, got arrested. Jimmy Long, what in the hell are you talking about? I was running down the stories that we're going to cover tonight, and Jimmy's like, black-on-black violence also. What in the world would have... Like, only a racist is going to come in here and be like, don't forget to talk about the black-on-black violence today. We need our black on black on black violence uh, uh, update. Jesus, dude. Jesus, tadpole. Uh, are you saying my language is improved because they've got me on the clock? Perhaps, perhaps my language has indeed uh, improved. Radical maniac is good people. Somebody shout out Radical Maniac. Well, Mouse, it is a pleasure to have you in here. 
I'm on the no profanity clock, so I can't properly greet you. Uh, if you want to know about my political stance, a lot of people ask about that. That's the first thing they want to know when they come in here. I would give anything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. So right now, it seems like being a leftist is the thing that would make that happen. I will not, Warlord. Warlord is the head moderator around here for some reason. Thinks I'm stupid. <laughs> for some reason, thinks I'm really... I mean, I am. I'm pretty stupid. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Oh, oh, oh. But actually, we do a serious news show where we find out what that news be doing. I think that's still a thing. We're still a serious news show, right? That happened once upon a time. Jimmy, what is wrong with you? Let what go? Jesus. Sir, sir, you have issues. Jimmy, I feel sorry for you. Little Jimmy. Apparently the Pope lives in sexual anarchy. That's... That's what Warlord is here for. Warlord is here for me to say that the Pope lives and say, even though it is nowhere near a top story that I feel is of import that I should be talking about here at the beginning of the show, we're still in the first half hour. I'll, I'll tell you about the Pope saying sex is a beautiful thing. I mean, he ain't wrong. I mean, most of the time it's a beautiful thing. I've... You can have bad sex. You live in it sexual happens. anarchy? Francis here, living in sexual anarchy, apparently. Pope Francis has raised... <laughs> we got the freaky Pope. He did, he did come out one time. That's one of my favorite thumbnails I've ever done for anything uh, on my YouTube. He came out one time and said, yeah, of course, uh, nuns watch porn. The Pope says nuns watch porn. <laughs> My favorite thumbnail I have ever made for my YouTube channel. Look how happy that nun looks. Yeah, I had a dude try to uh, rag on my YouTube the other day, and I was like, well, did you click on any of those videos and watch them? Because you'd probably think they're pretty good. Like my video about how, like, the, the Pope says nuns watch porn. Jimmy, we can get along. Your, your idea of getting along with us is you want us to capitulate to whatever you believe, and frankly, you're an idiot. Frankly, you're a dumb motherfucker. I just noticed that the clock has run out for me. Use a really dumb motherfucker. You 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 talk like you're on crack. I was on crack. Right. Right. <laughs> the 86-year-old pontiff made the comment in the Disney Plus production, The Pope Answers, which captures a meeting he had last year in Rome with 10 people in their early 20s. Francis was quizzed by them on a variety of topics, including LGBTQ rights. No, I'm sorry, they did not include the Q. LGBT rights, abortion, the porn industry, sex, 
and faith and sex abuse within the Catholic Church. Sex is one of the beautiful things that God has given to the human person, he said in the documentary. To express yourself sexually is a richness, so anything that detracts from real sexual expression lessens you and depletes this richness, he said, referring to masturbation. Restart the clock. Oh, no fucking way. Oh, my... Another 10 minutes on the clock. I made it. I made it through 10 minutes. 20. God damn it. Fuck. It's okay. I made it through the 10 minutes twice. Tonight and last night, I made it through the 10 minutes. Do it again. We got this. We got this. <laughs> that time it lasted 10 seconds. Yes, Lenny. I don't know what happened to the buzzer and everything. I really got to try to figure it, figure that stuff out. I'm sorry. Still getting settled into this new place. Francis was also asked whether he knew what a non-binary person is, and he replied affirmatively, he repeated that LGBT people must be welcomed by the Catholic Church. All persons are the children of God, all persons. God does not reject any Oof. God does not reject anybody. God is a father. Fuzzy face. I am uh shining up real nice and pretty tonight. Got the bandana handy. Give it a shine. I was in the shower today. I was like, well, do, you, do you just do it every day? Do you just... And I did. I got my I got my razor out and I shaved again. Uh, keep it... Uh, keep it slick up here. Sassy Snicks. Good evening. Yes, Tennessee Republicans suck. I'm sorry you missed the head shaving. It was a thing that happened. A demisexual is someone that is attracted to intelligence. They get a they get a hard on for an egghead. <laughs> Frag, good evening. the The head shaving is on video. It is from Tuesday night. It is from a uh, indictment day, and it's it's not a it's not a long no. Don't tell me no, I was correct. My definition was a good definition. I haven't gotten sunburned yet, and I have walked uh I have walked to the store two days in a row. My captions are covering my face. Well that's a shame. I want you to be able to see me. If I'm if I'm not well no, I was getting ready to say Sassy could be watching on YouTube, but no, Sassy could not be watching on YouTube. We are not on YouTube right now. We'll be back on YouTube on May fifteenth. Or May sixteenth. Something like that. I can't stop I can't stop rubbing my head. 
I can't stop rubbing my head. Sir, you're going to have to stop talking like that. You live in sexual anarchy. You put some oil on it. Oh, as the Pope says, sex is a beautiful thing. One of the, it's one of the beautiful wonders that God has given, whatever he said, I'm still on the clock. Okay. Now back to the real news. That wasn't, that was not a story. It was not a story I was going to cover. That was, that was warlords fault. I, I thought the next big story we should cover tonight is the GOP billionaire who funded Clarence Thomas's vacation, vacations, apparently he's been given, 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 giving to Thomas. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all tongue tied tonight. Apparently this GOP billionaire has been given, get vehicle. This GOP billionaire has been giving to Clarence Thomas for years, and Thomas has not disclosed this. Apparently, also has given thousands of dollars to Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Surprise, surprise. GOP mega donor Harlan Crow. Could you have a more like Southern racist sounding name? Harlan Crow. Of course he's a GOP mega donor. Harlan Crow is it like, did your family own a, a, a plantation, sir? GOP mega donor Harlan Crow has been secretly funding lavish vacations for justice Clarence Thomas. Yeah, we're, was your dad's name Jim? But he's also given thousands to Democrats who've stymied the party's agenda at various times. Texas billionaire Harlan Crow's largesse goes far beyond yacht trips and resort stays with the top conservative jurist. It also includes thousands of dollars in contributions to congressional Democrats known for bucking their party. According to an insider review of federal campaign finance data, Crow has given a total of $5,800 to Democratic-turned-independent Senator Kirsten Sinema's campaign account and $5,000 in May of 2022 to Getting Stuff Done Pack, a leadership pack tied to the Arizona senator. Crow first contributed $2,900 to Cinema's campaign in June of 2021 before giving another $5,800 in November of 2021, prompting the campaign to refund half of it after Crow apparently exceeded federal contribution limits. Crow contributed $2,800 in March of 2021 to Senator Joe Manchin, the West Virginia moderate, moderate, Yes, Jimmy, Clarence is a true patriot who uh, will rule in favor of the person who is paying them. He is being uh, bought off by the highest bidder, which makes him a true patriot here in this capitalist society now, doesn't it, Jimmy? 
Together, Cinema Mansion, uh, Cinema and Mansion have caused significant headaches for Democrats over the last two years. First, by opposing much of the Build Back Better social spending and climate bill, and then by opposing Democrats' plans of weakening the Senate's 60-vote filibuster to pass voting rights legislation. Crow has also made significant contributions to moderate to conservative House Democrats. According to federal campaign finance data, the Texas billionaire has given $16,800 to Representative Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey and contributed thousands as recently as October of 2022. Crow has also contributed uh, twelve grand to Representative Henry Cuellar of Texas, the conservative opponent of abortion rights. Crow's relationship and lavish vacations with Justice Thomas have raised significant ethics concerns. Thomas never disclosed the flights and yacht trips financed by the GOP megadonor, apparently violating a post-Watergate federal law that requires justices to report gifts. It also raises questions over what influence, if any, Crow has been able to exert over Thomas's decisions as a justice. For his part, Crow told ProPublica in a statement that he and his wife has, have never sought to influence Justice Thomas on any legal or political issue. But they don't actually have to say anything now, do they? I'm sure they've never overtly came out and asked Justice Thomas to rule a certain way on an issue. It's implied, though. Insiders reached out to representatives for Mansion and Cinema, Gottheimer, Quayar, asking them if they plan to return the contributions and whether they have concerns about Crow's relationship with Justice Thomas. Apparently, Business Insider has not received a response. Meanwhile, Republicans seem to be freaking out following the elections taking place this past Tuesday, according to reporting from Raw's story. So take it with a bit of a grain of salt. GOP having a full-blown freakout after being punished in elections this week. That's a funny picture of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy now, isn't it? Who's a whipping boy for the GOP, it would seem. Republicans handily lost this week's big Wisconsin Supreme Court election as Justice Janet Protasiewicz defeated Republican-backed rival Dan Kelly by 11 points, a surprisingly severe defeat in what is traditionally a swing state. The issue at the center of Protasiewicz's successful campaign was protecting abortion rights. And Politico's playbook reports that this development has caused the GOP to have a full-blown freakout about implications for the 2024 presidential election. Among other things, notes Politico, a, the firmly right-wing Wall Street Journal editorial board this week called the Wisconsin election a five-alarm fire and warned Republicans against embracing blanket, no-exceptions bans on abortion. Despite this, the report notes that Florida Republicans are plowing ahead with a six-week ban on abortion that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had said that he would sign, despite the fact that such restrictions have proven to be highly unpopular with swing state voters. There's always a gap between what motivates a party's base during primary season and what wins elections in the general election, Politico concludes in its analysis of the current dynamics, but on abortion... The gap is widening for the GOP. 
Freaking out. I hope they are freaking out. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. Speaking of the 2024 election, we had an announcement today in the Democratic primary. We have a new uh, entry into the Democratic primary. And he comes from a a dynastic political family. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announces his 2024 presidential campaign. President Biden is getting some competition for the Democratic nomination from one of the most powerful names in American politics. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has filed his... There's audio to this, apparently. You guys are here. Still getting shit figured out over here. All right, what does RFK have to say? President Biden is getting some competition for the Democratic... Yeah, competition. ...one of the most powerful names in American politics. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has filed his paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to run for president. The environmental lawyer from California says his top priority will be to end the corrupt merger between state and corporate power. Aww. They were taking him seriously. That amazes me. Absolutely amazes me. Who would take Robert F. Kennedy seriously? Finally, someone under the age of 70. I mean, we got Marianne Williamson. She's not that old, is she? I mean, she is. She still is, indeed. She ain't 70. She like 50-something. I don't know. I might vote for Marianne Williamson. I don't know what's going on yet. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. The left is waking up in this country, though, apparently. At least that's what Fox News thinks. Dana Perino on Fox's The Five earlier today has said that the, the left has really woken up. I want to point out something else, though. We've gone woke. They lost the Wisconsin Supreme Court race as well. There was something very... Oh, my God. Yeah, Mox, I'm really uh, worried that the Democrats are going to try to not even have a debate that's any kind of me. Like, I would assume Marianne Williamson nor FK, they're somehow going to arrange their own something like... They're, like, I think the Democrats are probably not going to take any debates seriously. And we're going to get some off-brand fucking place hosting debates with Marianne Williamson and RFK. It's still going to be fun, and we're still going to watch it here on stream. I want to point out something else, though. Republicans yesterday lost the Wisconsin Supreme Court race as well. There was something very interesting that happened in Chicago that's connected with... I want to point out something else, though. See, this is why I don't use MSN. Most of the ads that he did against Paul Vallis were about abortion. Because 10 years or so ago, Paul Vallis said something mildly supportive of a pro-life position. Mm-hmm. But then said, but I just want everybody to do their own thing. But for me personally, I would be pro-life. So they tagged him. Well, isn't that interesting that a, a Fox News commentator is trying to back away? Oh, like, well, we're not pro-life over here. As a pro-life crazy nut. And there was no response on it. And that has nothing to do with the running of a city. Now go ne- next door to Wisconsin. Republicans lose by 10 points. 
-hmm. Now, they won a lot of the conservative ballot issues, the issues that are on the ballot, but the candidate on the Republican Supreme Court case, he lost by 10 points. And Republicans used to be able to count on their voters turning out in the midterms. The left has really woken up to making sure that Gen Z gets out and vote. If you look at the vote and where it came from, especially in Wisconsin. Ooh, they are scared. Ooh, they are scared. We are getting woke. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. We'll see who cancels who. And apparently it's going to be Gen Z canceling the Republicans. Oh, shit. Everybody's just going Democrat now. Everybody's going Democrat. Even Trump's lawyers are donating to Democrats. <laughs> Trump's lawyer, Joe Tacopina, donated to Democratic representative who called for Trump's uh, prosecution. Kathleen Rice, at the time, a House member from New York, sent a criminal referral to the FBI in 2021. <laughs> Even Tacopina. He's supporting the Democrats, so I, I'm sure Fox has a, a reason to be flipped out. Bombastic attorney in his defense against his high-profile indictment. I'm sorry, Donald Trump's bombastic attorney in his defense against his high-profile indictment once donated to the campaign of a Democrat who moved to prosecute Trump during his presidency. Joe Tacopina, the lead defense attorney in the latest case against the foreign president, has not been a prolific donor to political campaigns, but those he has made have been bipartisan. In 2010, Tacopina gave to then-Representative Kathleen Rice. Well, she... Okay, so he wasn't donating to her while she was calling for the, the prosecution of uh, Trump. A former prosecutor who later sent a criminal referral to the FBI requesting they investigate Trump's phone call with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. The phone call in which Trump pressured Raffensperger to find him enough votes to overturn the presidential election is now being investigated by Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith, which is apparently an airtight case. While it's not clear in this case, such criminal referrals are considered to carry significant weight with the FBI and often trigger investigations. The $1,500 campaign donation to Rice is Takapina's second largest behind a contribution of $1,721 to Janine Pirro, the conservative host of Fox News' Judge Janine. Rice, who retired from Congress last year, has not publicly commented on Trump's indictment by Manhattan District Attorney. Neither Rice nor Takapina immediately responded to request for comment. That was back in 2010. A lot of things have changed in the political landscape since 2010. You want an update on Melania? In light of the recent indictments of Donald Trump, apparently she's sticking with her. She's standing by her man. Stand by your man. Oh, I owe you guys another 10 minutes, don't I? Ah, shit. We're, we're up against a commercial break. God damn it. I owe you like 30 fucking minutes. What's wrong with you? Fuck. No, 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 no. It's just 20. It's just 20. Meat cakes. Meat cakes. So glad to see you. Even though you hit me with another 10 minutes. We'll have to do it after the commercial break. Melania's... We come back, we're doing Mehdi Hassan and... Uh, uh, um, Matt Taibbi. So it's going to be easy for me to get through that 10 minutes. We're just going to be watching them. Ha ha ha. The hack. 
Melania's former aide tells why she was missing on Trump's arrest day. An ivory tower of denial. Former first lady lives in an ivory tower of denial. Her, this uh, former aide says Melania Trump was notably absent when her husband, Donald Trump, appeared at the Manhattan court for arraignment on criminal charges. The reason why Justin is bald tonight. The former first lady was also nowhere to be seen hours later when the former president addressed supporters at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, decrying the 34 felony charges against him. But Miss Trump isn't leaving him, said her ex-aide and once good friend, Stephanie Winston Wolkoff. Melania lives in an ivory tower of denial. I never expected to see her there. Her silence is deliberate. It is her weapon of choice and her protective armor, claimed the former senior Vogue staffer, who also served as Miss Trump's advisor until 2018. Of course, she knows about Donald's affairs. She knows everything. But her silence is her dignity. As if she has dignity. Come on, these people are not capable of feeling embarrassment. She will stand by her husband as she always does. I don't think Melania is humiliated by his affairs, but she is angry. The former president also did not mention her directly during his post arraignment address at his Palm Beach residence reported the New York Post. I have a great family, and they've done a fantastic job, and we appreciate it very much. They've gone through a lot, the Don said. Simp, that's a good point. Silence is dignity, just like before women's rights. Someone who is not remaining silent is Karen McDougal. Stormy Daniels was one of the women that Trump paid off. One of the other ones... Uh, definitely, uh, that apparently this indictment pertains to is Karen McDougal, who broke her silence. Can't make the black box go away. Thanks, New York Post. Ex-Playboy model Karen McDougal posted her first social media message since former President Donald Trump's indictment Wednesday. Writing cheekily, hope I didn't miss anything. A 52-year-old actress and one-time playmate shared a photo of herself grinning and flashing a peace sign. Here's a picture of her with the dawn. Miss McDougal. Looks like she's having fun skiing. Uh, let's see how the MAGA crowd is doing uh, amid the indictment. I'm sure they're doing very well. Your things aren't aren't like a walking meme for them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As far as I know, that is not, not the QAnon shaman, Jacob Chanley. I believe, I believe we have a, 
challenger to the throne. And the two of them have to fight it out somehow. To see who to see who gets to wear the horns. Now it has been uh, nice here. I don't know what it has been like in New York City. This happened in. Uh, now they let the they let the QAnon shaman out. He's on house arrest right now. He's in like a halfway house. But like that was just the other day. It was like last week they let him out. They let him out the day we found out that Trump was going in. Two men enter. Only one can leave. What's up, Fuzzy Simba? We'll see these two fucks fight it out. The QAnon Shaman versus uh, the MAGA bike parade entry. I don't fucking know. What do you call that? Been a long week. I like I'm I'm pulling a Samson over here. Losing my hair has made me dumber. I I kind of feel sorry for the QAnon shaman because he probably is just a dumb motherfucker who fell for some shit. He got in with the wrong crowd. Like really, like he he seems kind of like a simpleton. He just got in with the wrong crowd. My hair was holding my brains in. I feel dumber. I feel I feel dumber without my hair. I've loved, like some of my broadcasting power was contained in my hair apparently. <laughs> when we come back from the other side of the break, we're going to watch Matt Taibbi. Uh he went on with Mehdi Hassan. Uh, this is going to be awesome. Uh I'm sure the two of them had it out. I have not watched it yet. I just saw it like right before we came on. I think it happened last night. Uh, Mehdi was on with Sam the other day, with Sam Cedar, and he said he was going to have Matt Taibbi on. I was like, yep, that's must watch. Arizona has ruled on uh, an execution going forward. I can't, I can't tell you if they're doing them or not doing them. I can't remember what the story was. <laughs> I think they're not doing executions in Arizona anymore. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met with the Taiwanese president, and it has caused an uproar. Speaking of uproars, we're going to cover the riots going on in Paris, continuing in Paris, as riot police clash with protesters. Oh, we got all kinds of cop stories, all kinds of crazy cop videos to watch. Uh, got a referee in a football match, kneeing a player right in the right in the crotch. We're gonna hear from the Iraqi uh, journalist that threw a shoe at George W. Bush. Tesla exploded in Hollywood, and we're gonna see a, a bunny uh, eating some celery. All that and more. On the other side of the break, if you're not subbed, you're gonna get the Twitch ads now on 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 the Twitch. Beanie time, you say? You like how I just have it in a drawer right here next to me? Beanie time. Oh, I got it inside out. Hold on one second. 
Smokey got up and was like, hey, what's going on? Are we having a party? What's happening over in here? I'm I'm gonna need a beverage eventually, but like I'm not I'm not done with my cream soda here. Had to had to go get the uh, the cherry coke ready. I'm a big fan of cherry coke. I don't drink a lot of soda. I like a, a cherry coke's a good treat every now and again, but I I've, I've had a lot of them here recently. I've been going to the grocery store a lot lately. I've been grabbing me a cherry Coke when I go to the grocery store. Pepsi Lime. I don't even know if I've ever had a Pepsi Lime. I like, and I'm no, I probably prefer Pepsi to Coke. But like, the cherry, the cherry flavor tastes better with the Coke. Like, um, I don't know. Like, it's just the, the bite of the Coke up against it. And Coke is like a better mixer with alcohols as well. I think I'd rather have, like, you know, if you're mixing, like, a, like a bourbon or a whiskey, you, you want a Coke, right? Like, it's, it's it's got this bite that just goes with everything so well. But I think, personally, like if I was just going to drink something, I think it would be a Pepsi. I think it would go Pepsi. I'm not really, I'm not really a soda drinker. I'm a tea drinker. I like tea, coffee. I drink a lot of chocolate milk. Cause I'm a, I'm a big child. I drink, I drink my Choco milk. Dino chicken nuggies. I do not like the Dino, Dino, Dino chicken nuggies. Those like, uh, cause like they take the, they take like chicken slime sludge shit and then like put it in a mold. I don't like it. Seems it seems unnatural to me. I if I had to do I'm not a drinker, but if I was having to pick my favorite drink, it'd probably be like Sprite and Gin. I like a Sprite and Gin. I think that's a damn good drink. It's refreshing. People are like no gin tastes like like pine saw. You just don't have a refined palate. I don't like brown liquors though. So I would I would rather have a, a tequila, a vodka, or something like that. If I, if you if I'm if I'm going over to somebody's house, we're gonna drink together. I'll take a gin and tonic. I mean tonic tonic isn't exactly the the most um, the most pleasurable drink. That's why I like a sprite. I like but then again, I'm a little kid. I'm glad everybody, like, usually people are like, ooh, gin. My chat's like, yeah, hell yeah, gin. Got refined palates up in here. We can have, we can have gin together, guys. I don't know about gin right now, but I'm not high enough for the ship. Nickel Bob, good evening. You seem like the kind of guy that would like a gin and tonic. I don't, I don't know what I mean by that comment. What kind of guy likes a gin and tonic? 
a, 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 a guy with refined taste. That's what I like to say. I mean, I have to pack another one. I thought, I thought there was going to be plenty in my bowl to get me through the show, and there is not. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Fucking Curious and I were talking about, like, when we were going to go get some more. And I was like, well, like... She has her grandchild all weekend. I was like, well, we can go when you get off work on Friday if you want to. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know when. Because, like, I send out my invoices to clients on Friday. But, like, that don't mean they're going to pay them on Friday. Sometimes it's Saturday afternoon. Sometimes it might be Monday or Tuesday. I have to send them a reminder. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we owe Justin money. So I was like, I can't say, like, we'll go first thing on a fucking... Uh, Friday morning, go get some pot. Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta hit the ten minutes. Oh, you another ten minutes, cuss free. The kind with high blood pressure and a poor libido. <laughs> Summer evening drink. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. As I said, it was refreshing, a refreshing on the back porch kind of drink. I feel like here in the South, you got to have like a mint julep go out and sit on the porch in the swing. I'm dumb. I don't know why I'm so dumb. Oh, the story about like the expelling the Tennessee lawmakers. Yeah, Sassy, we started with that. We saw, we saw the expulsion of one of them live. So the two black men, Tennessee Republicans expelled the white woman that joined with them, uh, Gloria Johnson, I think was her name. It was Justin Pearson and Justin, uh, like Justin Parsons. They were close together. They were very close names. Uh, and I think they were both, um, Justin Jones. Was that it? I thought they were both P names. Yeah. Two Justins got canceled tonight. Um, the two black men were expelled. The white woman barely hung on. Barely hung on. She uh, was not expelled by one vote. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about a chamber that had the founder of the Ku Klux Klan in the uh, lobby until just like a year ago or two years ago. That tells you the kind of people they are. There was debate over taking the the bust out 20, 30 years. And finally got it taken out uh, a year or two ago. All right. Here's the thing I've been waiting for all night. I waited to watch this with you guys. I've not seen it yet. Uh, when... Mehdi Hassan was doing his book tour. I became very excited. I think my speaker went off again. Having a hell of a time with my uh, with my new setup here. Mehdi Hassan had Matt Taibbi on to talk about the Twitter files and so much more. 
The world's most powerful investment bank is a great vampire squid wrapped around the face of humanity, relentlessly jamming its blood funnel into anything that smells like money. That was how in 2009, Rolling Stone journalist Matt Taibbi famously began the Great American Bubble Machine, his 10,000-word expose on Goldman Sachs and its considerable economic influence at the height of the Great Recession. The vampire squid was an indelible image, and it was textbook Matt Taibbi. If you were like me back then, you loved reading his blistering takedowns of America's yes. worst villains in 15 years at Rolling Stone and in occasional NBC and MSNBC appearances, Taibi won lots of fans and awards for skewering anyone who shafted the little guy from K Street to Wall Street. But if you listen to him these days, he's telling a different story. I spent 10 years covering the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis. Um, that was obviously a very serious issue, but um, this Twitter file story and what we're looking at now and what we're investigating now, um, I, I don't think there's any comparison. This is by far the most serious thing um, that I've ever looked at. And it's, it's certainly... Just when you thought it was safe to go in the water. Vampire squid. Yes, the Twitter files, quote unquote. 19 releases of select internal Twitter documents provided to Taibi and other reporters and activists after the social media site was acquired. I mean, squids do, they have the tentacles that suck, don't they? But are they just suction or do they suck shit out? They suck your blood like a leech? As well as allegations that Twitter shadow banned conservative accounts without cause. According to Musk and Taibi and his reporting colleagues and the Republican House majority, those files show Twitter colluding behind the scenes with feds, NGOs, and yes, Democrats to silence critics. A new <laughs> through digital censorship. That can be a good movie, though. You care about protecting First Amendment free speech rights, too. Now it's like, okay, if you're attacking and I said this on the House floor, I said, don't think they won't come for you. Oh, the, the, the big tech, big media, the cancel culture, they may come for Republicans and conservatives now. But they never, the mob is never satisfied. Come for conservatives. But critics say the Twitter files don't Up come close to making that case. And we'll that they also are a product of questionable who. journalistic ethics, gifted to Taibi and others by a billionaire with access and a right-wing political agenda, and then rapidly weaponized by conservative media with little regard for the facts. Yep. The Republicans have brought in two of Elon Musk's public scribes to release cherry-picked, out-of-context emails and screenshots designed to promote his chosen narrative, Elon Musk's chosen narrative that is now being parroted by the Republicans because the Republicans think that these witnesses will tell a story that's going to help them out politically. Is the Twitter file story as big, as damning, as revealing as its proponents claim. That's what we are going to debate today. Because in some ways, Matt Taibbi has become the man of the moment, with nearly two million Twitter followers, tens of thousands of paid subscribers to his Substack blog, and Republican lawmakers hanging on his every word. The man who used to gleefully heap abuse on the outrage industrial complex on Fox now appears regularly on that very propaganda network he once so wonderfully lampooned. Oh, and that video you saw earlier of Taibbi testifying in last month's Republican-led hearing on the weaponization of the federal government, he says that on that day, the IRS visited his New Jersey home to tell him two years of tax returns had been rejected. We reached out to the IRS, but they say they can't comment on individual cases. So, late last month, Matt Taibbi asked me on Twitter, where else 
to invite him on the show to debate the Twitter files and free speech and Elon Musk. Now, I've mocked him in the past for doing PR work for the world's richest man, and he's accused me of being an ardent establishment moralist. Great line. But today, I hope we're going to avoid the name-calling and keep it civil as I put my questions to him. Matt Taibbi, a National Magazine award-winning journalist who runs the Racket News Substack and broke the so-called Twitter file story, uh, joins me now. Matt, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show. Why do you believe these Twitter files are so important? And what should our viewers know about what's in them that they don't know? Just briefly, your top lines. First of all, I never said anything about woke McCarthyism, so do you want to take that back? Uh, I didn't put that in quotes. I said a so-called woke McCarthyism. Jim Jordan has also talked about that, and that was a line into Jim Jordan. But happy to say that you haven't described it as McCarthyism. You've described it, I think, as a digital uh, censorship complex. A digital, sorry, I industrial. Digital McCarthyism, not woke McCarthyism. Okay, digital <laughs> McCarthyism. We can correct that. Yes. Okay, good. Um, so you started off as I expected with the whole "what happened to you, man?" routine. Uh, well done. Um, so yeah, these are, I think the rest of the stories speak for themselves. I don't have to talk about how important or not they are. Um, the audiences are interested in them because of what they show, uh, that there was a, an organized, uh, systematic um, uh, structure in place for the FBI and the DHS uh, to talk not just to Twitter and to forward thousands of moderation requests to companies like Twitter, but also to uh, virtually every other social media platform. Uh, this is a, essentially an organized system of uh, quasi-state censorship, and it's alarming. It's a lot more than what we thought was going to be there. And again, people are just looking at what we found. They're, we don't have to uh, make claims about it. They're upset about it because of what they're reading. Well, not everyone's he upset. does seem nervous, Fuzzy Face. So let's talk about that today. And Matt, we're going to disagree a lot today. You've already started with this. One, one of the things that uh, Meddy talked about during his book tour, I think it was when he was on Tom Hartman, but it may have been when he was on Sam, uh, he talked about his opponents being unprepared, that one of the reasons why he looks so good in a lot of these clips is just because he takes the time to prepare and his opponents come in unprepared and think they can just do it off the cuff. And it's striking me like Matt Taibbi came in overconfident and underprepared. Disagreement. So let's start with some agreement. Should the FBI be wasting so much time and taxpayers' money flagging so many tweets to Twitter? In my view, no. Does the FBI have far too cozy a relationship with social media companies? Yes, I agree. But do your files provide evidence of government censorship? I don't think so. Uh, let's just take the very first example you cited in the very first thread, which went mad viral. You wrote, by 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, handled. Now, that sounds bad, but aside from the fact that the Biden team was not the government at the time, it turns out that at least three, come maybe on, four man. of those five tweet URLs uh, that you link to, that they link back to non-consensual nude images of Hunter Biden. Why was it wrong, Matt, for the Biden campaign, not the government at the time, to ask Twitter to enforce its own terms of service against people basically posting revenge porn? Do you understand why people question your credibility on this whole project when you omit such crucial context right from the get-go? Excellent. The reason that's important is because the ordinary person can't just call up Twitter and have something taken off Twitter. If you put something nasty about me on uh, on the on Twitter, I can't just call up 
Twitter and talk to the government liaison, whose name I won't mention on the air, and say, hey, can you take care of this and have them take care of that? That doesn't work for the ordinary person. The Biden campaign could do it. Donald Trump could do it. Um, but I can't do it. Can you do it? I don't think so. You didn't answer uh, my question. Why didn't you tell us what were in the URLs? Because it, it sounds much worse than it is. When you discover that actually it was simply a violation of Twitter's terms of service, that these were nude, non-consensual images for Hunter Biden, why not mention that? Did you not know? In which case, no. that's kind of incompetent. Or did you know and you were just hiding it from people? Ooh. I mean, if you didn't know, if you put up... MSNBC. My Did God, you, know? you six consecutive years of just screw-ups on the Russia story. Well, that, well, that was predictable. If we're going to do predictable. Uh, can you answer the question? Did you know what was in the URLs when you posted them? I it's a simple question. The URLs. Why didn't you tell us? I don't need to. Because it's, it's really... It's, you don't think it's relevant that it's a violation of Twitter's terms of service to have nude pictures of Hunter Biden up? Look, every time they make a request to, to Twitter, they're doing Come what, on, what you're arguing. They're, they're making the, the argument... That, oh, we're not we're not actually asking. This isn't censoring. This is just the government pointing out that that's this what or the that. email show that you posted. Right, they don't the, demand but, anything, but, do they? They say, can you can you check if this is in line with your terms of service? And those URLs weren't. So I'm wondering why you wouldn't first, mention that. First of all, the government. Um, I can't even report that yet. All right. The, when they're doing this, it's self-evident what they're doing, and I don't have to make claims about what it is. I can just show you what they're doing. Everybody but you knows. you didn't, Matt. That's the problem. You didn't show the world that the Biden campaign asked for nude images. It. You didn't. Other people pointed out what those URLs were. You never did. And it, that's the problem, Matt. There's a lot of omission. There's a lot of that I wrote. Am I, I going to describe every single thing that I, I, mean, I published? That was the first Twitter file and the most viral tweet. Uh, Noam Chomsky, who you know and I know, By the way, we like, said, about a subject you guys screwed up. Said one of the. And we'll come back to that. Has said one of the greatest forms of censorship in the media is censorship by omission. You've heard that quote. There's a lot of omission in the Twitter files. A lot you and your colleagues don't tell us. You mentioned in passing, for example, in your very first thread that the Trump White House made requests of Twitter too, i.e., the actual government, not the Biden campaign. But you didn't tell us what those Trump requests were. It took an actual Twitter well, I didn't whistleblower. Have them. Well, it took an actual Twitter whistleblower in front of Congress to reveal that Trump once demanded Twitter take down a mean tweet about him from the model Chrissy Teigen. Yet you didn't mention that in any of your Twitter files posts. Because I didn't have that story. I don't have doesn't it. That, doesn't was, that tell you something, that you had the Biden story and not the Trump story, that Elon Musk was giving you one oh, side of the story? No, you don't understand. First of all, that first batch of files resulted in the firing of Twitter's uh, general counsel. Um, we didn't. We, Elon's in charge of Twitter uh, on a very short time frame, but we didn't have it. I I, I went out of my way to because Elon didn't give it to you. Reported that Donald Trump made requests and had them honored on Twitter. But you because but I, you because I, because, because you I outlined which ones the Biden team did without giving full context. But you didn't outline which ones the Trump. This, this well, maybe you should ask yourself why it is you didn't have it. Let me ask you this: a lot of your own Twitter files reporting shows top Twitter employees they don't struggling. Have it either, by the way, the, the, struggling. The, the, the whistleblower in, count, in Congress didn't have it either. I know, but she's, she's, she did say under oath and that this actually the, happened. The, so the, you the, can the, accuse the, her of the, what the, you want later. I don't have to accuse her. 
So it sounds like you are. With, with, out of interest, Matt, the, the, the emails you show show really difficult content moderation decisions. They don't show Twitter rolling over. They show people actually having really interesting discussions, unlike now where Elon Musk just dictates that NPR is state affiliated and it happens overnight. They also show Twitter resisting requests to things that members of Congress have asked them to take down, members of the FBI. So yeah, I'm the whole NPR being state affiliated media, like... Maybe 30 years ago, when there was more robust public funding for uh, public radio, you might be able to say that. But, I mean, NPR gets so very little from the government now. If any, like, do they even get any anymore? I would assume that the, the Republicans have probably cut all their fucking funding by now. I wonder, how do you call this a censorship industrial complex when Twitter, according to your own files, is saying no a lot of the time? I mean, if it was censorship, they'd have just rolled over every time Agent Chan of the FBI or Congressman Adam Schiff made a demand, but they didn't. I published an explicit tweet which describes Twitter's internal ads policy where they say publicly, we are going to represent that we make these decisions at our sole discretion internally we are going to act when the U.S. intelligence agency, the U.S. intelligence community, that's the quote, when the U.S. intelligence community I, determines oh, that I did, uh, an account is linked to... I did not mean to hit wash your ass, but it's always good advice. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. Never a bad time. A foreign malign threat actor. So they're talking about their two-faced system in the, in the, the document. No, but yes. But your words, Matt, you say, to their credit, they turned down requests. You say it yourself. Those are your words in the Twitter files. Yeah, they did. But the, the, this is a story that, that has multiple layers to it. The, the, the government is constantly applying pressure to these companies. It starts with a baseline of them not wanting to be engaged at all with, with the government They're, or have to have a very limited relationship. The, the door gets kicked open when uh, in 2017 particularly in the fall of 2017 when the senate intelligence intelligence committee starts leaning on twitter uh to endorse uh, their accusations that there had been a substantial number of bots linked to the, russia's internet research agency and essentially it was made plain to twitter that they would both uh, be subject to lots of bad press and perhaps increased regulation uh, if they didn't communicate with uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee in the way that they Understood. wanted. But communicating so is not rolling over. Mouse, me too. Me too. I did not think that Matt Taibbi would be this uh, underwhelming. I really did not uh, think he was going to show up looking like this much of a chomp. All I'm saying is I don't see the but evidence. If I saw evidence... It. They, they didn't. They, they, they didn't. They, they didn't. Did. Adam Schiff. They Adam Schiff says take. Did. Adam Schiff says take down a tweet, and they don't, according to your own files. That's uh, Adam Alvin, What's I Adam mean, Schiff going to do? Is he? Is, is he going? Is he? Is Adam Schiff the CIA? Is the CIA going to come? Going to come to Twitter and say so this? Do you is have a evidence? So do you have evidence that the CIA demanded a tweet got taken down and they did it immediately? They, they that, I haven't seen it. This well. We think it's the CIA. Uh, the, the, Matt needs to learn to feel embarrassment. Agencies. We're pre oh, we know that there's. Oh, you think it's the CIA? You began the interview saying you don't make claims; it's just evidence. Okay, let's talk about your evidence, Matt. Because wait a as I no, say, wait a people uh, uh, quote me directly if you're going to do this. Quote me directly. Oh shit! What am I quoting? You just said this, we think it's the CIA. I said I haven't seen a single Twitter file where the CIA I, 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 I tells Joel Roth to take it down. To, we showed 
reports that came through the foreign interference task force. We know it yeah. came through the FBI. We know that's okay. the destination by which it came. But the origin of the document, Understood. we couldn't determine beca because, and there's lots of these. We have Understood. hundreds. There are lots of these. And, 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 Matt, and they, Twitter they doesn't deny the that they take stuff down, right? Twitter put out a report in Caroline. And what I, you're going to let me answer the question? Please. Because you're accusing me of getting this wrong. So the, the, these documents, I went out and I, and I talked to every former intelligence person from every agency that I could to try to identify where these documents came from. And I ended up quoting, I think I quoted John Kiriakou and uh, I think one other person is saying that looks about right. Uh, when, because every, the people that I talked to thought that this was probably, um, you know, a CIA document that they, they thought that it looked like that. It could have been from some other agencies, but I did what I, I put the document up and I said, this is what it looks like. This is what yeah. these people thought it was. Uh, I've reported that other people and, talked about OGA, that, that, that that's, that's... And I'm not, uh, Matt, just to be clear, I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing anything. I'm saying there's no evidence that the government is ordering Twitter to take a bunch of stuff down and Twitter's agreeing to everything. Twitter, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. I'll let you finish. Let me finish. Twitter put out a report in 2021, as you know, which must shut down, a transparency report where they said the government asked us to take stuff down and we took down 40% of what we were asked to take down. They've never denied Nobody that they take serious? stuff down. Yeah, I think it's serious. It's not, I, think, you know, I think if you were right, it would be 100%. The fact that it's not 100%, no. the majority of stuff they turned down, doesn't tell me there's a censorship complex. I, I, I don't understand how it... I, I just Do I think it's serious the that they take down 40% of stuff? Maybe, but that's not... Nothing you showed suggests... In fact, the agent from the FBI sent emails saying, hey... Do you mind taking this? Do you mind looking at this and seeing if it's in line with your terms of service? That is not the police state Come that I on, think is being painted by Jim Jordan. By the way, you said about factual inaccuracies, Matt. Let's talk factual inaccuracies. Stanford, you talk a lot about the election integrity project in the Twitter files, which Stanford and the University of Washington to monitor attacks on our elections. Um, and you say some stuff about them that a lot of your critics say is not true, and that affects your credibility. You said the EIP was founded in response to the government dropping its proposal for a disinformation government. Well, there you are. We're quoting you on screen. It wasn't. It was formed two years earlier. Uh, you suggest it was government-funded, even though during the 20 election, 2020 election that you're covering, it wasn't. Uh, you say they labeled 22 million tweets as misinformation in the run-up to the 2020 vote. They didn't. Uh, they, got, they flagged 3,000 election misinformation tweets for labeling, so you were only 21,997,000 off. And you also um, claim the EIP was... Let me finish the question. You can come back in. You also claim the shit, man. He did the math. You take your thirty-three and a third chance minus my twenty-five percent chance, and you got an eight and a third chance of winning. Public execution is right. That's exactly what this is, and we've still got ten plus minutes of it to go. EIP was partnered with the government cybersecurity and infrastructure agency, CISA, to censor Twitter. But you mix up CISA, CISA, a homeland security agency, with the Center for Internet Security, the CIS, which is a nonprofit. In fact, you added an A to CIS. I think people can see it there uh, in brackets uh, to make that false claim. It's just error after error, Matt, on just this one That's topic. But the, other, but the other ones aren't. The, no, no, the, the, 22 million number came from their own report. Yeah, where did it, it came from a report in March. 
Do you know what the 22 million number is, Matt? Can you tell me? Because we checked. 22 million is the number of tweets about election misinformation that were just that they just mapped. How many tweets were they? The ones they actually flagged to Twitter before the election. 22 million came after the election. It wasn't in the run-up. They flagged 3,000. So you were off by 21 million 997,000. I stand by my story. You stand by what story? You stand by Yes, Mark. Ready for Meet the Press. Came in March 2021, which was after the election. No, that's this came in their report after the election. Which was about some to some total of tweets that they counted on the election. What they flagged to Twitter was 2,980 tweets, I believe. So I'm amazed they haven't cut his nuts off yet. Uh, Come on, I've, what? You got something wrong. You got CISA wrong. Why did you add A? Okay, Matt, why did you add A in square brackets? Do you understand why people worry about I actually thought that. And why I didn't you fix it? I, we, I just checked the tweet before I came on air. It's been three weeks since it was flagged to you. Why not fix it? Do you not have editors at the racket? I, I didn't realize that until now. Okay, and what about the date? You got the date wrong when it was found. You said it was founded in response to the disinformation board. That was last year. Well, because Stamos is saying in the, in the video that uh, you know we were sort of created to fill the gaps uh no that's not, that's not what you say in the tweet that's not what you say in the tweet you say SIO was created in 2018 no, no, no. you say this is what you say that it would the eip was created after the public uproar paused the disinformation board that's wrong you need to correct that as well don't you after the uh, that's what no, your words, you take to quote you. After public uproar, pause the Orwellian Disinformation Governance Board, Stanford created the EIP. That's wrong. Well, uh, that's what they say. I, I, I... The Disinformation Governance Board, that's a year and a half later. You can check the EIP website. It says it was created in 2020. Well, you, Matt said it was created in 2020. The Disinformation Board was 2022. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then that is an error. Okay. So let's talk about Elon Musk. We talk about Twitter files. Um, you have talked about why you don't want to reveal that he's your source, even though he's basically outed himself as his source. I get that you don't want to reveal your source as you're a journalist, but Barry Weiss has outed him. He's outed himself. What's interesting about Elon Musk is that we checked. You've tweeted over 30 times about Musk since he announced he was going to buy Twitter last April, and not a word of criticism about him in any of those 30-plus tweets. Musk is a billionaire who's been found to have violated labor laws multiple times, including in the past few days. He's attacked labor unions, reportedly fired employees on a whim, slammed the idea of a wealth tax, told his millions of followers to vote Republican last year, and in response to a right-wing coup against Bolivian leftist president Evo Morales, he tweeted, we'll coup whoever we want. And yet you've been silent on all of that. How did you go, Matt, from being the scourge of Wall Street, the man who called Goldman Sachs the vampire squid, to being unable, unwilling to say anything critical at all about this right-wing reactionary yeah. anti-union billionaire? Hello? Am I still on? Yes, you're still on. How have you, what, oh, you can pull that shit. Despite all that. Look, so I, I, I like Elon Musk. I, I met him. This is part of the calculation. When you have a great stream, Soup. My shout out, Soup. Mama. are sincere about doing X or Y. Uh, when and, and I didn't. I, 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 I mean, I, I did. I thought his motives were sincere about, about the Twitter files. And I... I admired them i think come on man in opening the files up but that doesn't mean i have to come agree on, with man. him about everything and when I, I agree with you but you never you never disagree with him you've gone silent people would say that's access journalism no no i haven't done i haven't reported anything that that, that limits my ability to talk about elon musk so will uh, you criticize or, him today 
for banning journalists, for working with Modi government to shut down speech, for, you know, being anti-union. You, you can go for it. I'll give you as much time as you like. Would you like to criticize Musk now? No, I don't. I don't particularly want to. No, um, no. Look, I didn't. I didn't criticize him really before. Uh, wow. I think that what the Twitter files are uh, is a step in the right direction. Um, but it's the same Twitter that he's running right now. I don't, I don't right now. disagree with him. If you want to ask, I, I think understood, man. Well, I'll ask you a specific one. You, you, no, ask, you ask you no, 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 no. It's not in bad faith, Matt. Sorry. You it say that Twitter. Is. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish my question. You're saying that. He's good for Twitter and good for speech. I'm saying he's using Twitter to help one of the most right-wing governments in the world censor speech. I will criticize that. Will you? I have to do. I have to look at the story first. I'm not looking at it now. Hold on. Hold on. I, I posted wow. the story two weeks ago. You tweeted well, at me. Invite. I don't watch the Mehdi Hassan show. You do. Actually, you do because you tweeted at me saying, "Invite me on the show, and I'll tell you my views." Here you are. No, what you, is your view? I, I on, didn't there watch it is. It. You, there it is, look. Yeah, and you said, look, we'll read your words. Why don't you invite me on your show to talk about it since you're so absolutely sure of what I'll say? You're right, I'm not sure. What is your view on Musk working with Modi to censor speech? That's I'd have what to you ask was, him you... about the particulars about it, but listen, this came up the first time. Uh, I think it was Twitter Files number six when, when you said uh, after... This, this was a big one that we had done about the relationship between Twitter, the FBI, and the DHS. And as that story came out, you were giving me a hard time about tweeting through it, I think was the, was the quote. Essentially, yeah. you said, you don't, so essentially, you're arguing that this information was not in the public interest, that I somehow shouldn't have done this story that I'd worked hard on, uh, because... Did you work hard? You did something? You don't think that story no, was in the banned journalist. I think if... No, hold, hold on, Matt. If you're doing a story about free speech on Twitter and the head of Twitter bans journalists, yeah, I think most people... By the way, Barry Weiss, your partner in crime on that, your, sorry, your colleague, your reporter, sorry for that euphemism, your reporting colleague, she actually did call him out. So it's weird that Barry Weiss had more... I made that comment earlier, Lama, about my intelligence. I feel dumber now that I'm bald. Yeah, that's fine. You can go away and research it, but you volunteered to come on the show to talk about it. I got to ask you about the clip on Joe Rogan. You've seen the clip. Uh, it was play, you know, it was mentioned at Congress. I do want to get your response to it. Can we play the clip of you telling Joe Rogan about how you should deal with sources who give you information? How oh, thank you, Sip. With any kind of journalist, like once, once you start getting, you know, handed things, then, then you're, you've lost. Yeah. Damn. At that point. And you got to get out of that habit, you know? It's like, or you just never, you can't cross that Does line. Matt Taibbi have a career after this? Words, Matt. You cross that line and Musk has you. Those are your words. The hilarity of this coming from MSNBC, which did nothing but vomit up uh, fake Russiagate stories that came straight from the FBI. That is the Ed 2. Years that you guys still haven't apologized Great. for. Fallacy. Uh, I, I, I wasn't there in that period, so I've got the two quote you fallacy. Uh, did you so cross that, a line? That, it's a very that, simple question. That, you can you can what about and deflect. It's a simple question. We played a clip for you. I'm giving you a chance to answer. Did you cross the line? Your words. No, I did not. The, st the stories the stories are self-contained stories that hold up in themselves. Uh, and what what I was talking about in the Joe Rogan story, I was quoting a passage from uh, Seymour Hersh's book reporter when he was talking about when he was given a story by the CIA um, about a, a, an Israeli spy that they had caught and he was saying something to the, the effect of I who yes, good evening was being handed the, the material so 
yeah, it, look, it, it sounds bad, but this this stuff is clearly in the public interest. It's we just real. watched a public slaughter. And I'm doing the best I can to report it. Um, the, the question is, it, the, the test you always we, have. We need to report a murder here, Matt Taibbi. Public interest in whether it's accurate. And uh, apparently I've gotten like one thing wrong or a few things wrong, but mostly I think this story, these stories are going to hold up over the test of time, unlike your Russiagate so, story. Um, so, so let me ask you this, Matt, and, and you're going to say this is a bad faith question, but let me just be clear. I'm not questioning your work ethic. You keep saying you seem to be offended. I'm sure you work very hard. Uh, I was a big fan <laughs> of you for many years. I've always admired your writing, uh, and which is why I have to ask this last question, which you're going to say in bad faith, but I promise it is. It's genuinely for, as a former fan. Uh, you Twitch streamers work really hard. You tweeted uh, in response to Jim Jordan, and you started the interview saying, you know, oh, my journey. You have been on a journey for many of us. You said it was an honor. Thank you, Chairman Jim Jordan. It was an honor. A lot of people think that sounded a bit fawning to one of the most right-wing members of Congress. Later, you meet Ted Cruz. I don't think it's calls an honor you, to be invited to, calls, to Congress. Who calls you a true... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I've been demanded to put up a content warning anytime Ted Cruz's face is shown on the stream. I did not know he was coming. My apologies. He calls you a true patriot, and you're all looking very intense in that picture. I wonder, when you met Ted Cruz, did you tell Ted Cruz that how you wrote in 2015 that he has, quote, big doses of Tea Party energy, and in 2018 that he's like an incurable skin condition? Do you understand why, Matt, those people who have read your stuff find it amazing sure, now, the Ted people Cruz, you are? Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz knows what I've written about him over the years. He knows that, I've, uh, that I talked about him as, I described him as uh, having a face like a waterlogged <laughs> Reagan mask sewn together at gunpoint. He knows all that stuff. But he, but, but the, that's the point. We don't. Ha this is America. We don't have to agree all the time. I don't have to like them all, but these, these people all the time. They're on this issue. They're giving oxygen to something that I think is important, and I think a lot of people is important. And if he wants to meet me, that's fine. If, if Jim Jordan wants me to come talk in front of Congress, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to answer questions. Because they're not actually the party of machismo. But I guess. I guess the, where the, we the disagree is committing some kind of a, a, a capital offense by by testifying in Congress about my own reporting, uh, answering questions uh, factually, and and meeting these people is ridiculous. Uh, I guess it, I guess where we disagree. It, it, it is an honor to talk to Congress. It was ridiculous. To to Congress, and and I'm and I'm proud that I did that. I mean, not every congressional committee is an honor to appear in front of. I'm pretty sure it wasn't an honor to be invited when people were invited to the House on American Activities was... Committee. I mean, this is the point, Matt, the context. We're out of time, sadly, but, but the context but is that the Republicans Yeah, like all the all the big hearings throughout history, like if people aren't considering it an honor to go and testify. They consider it a burden that they have to come up and talk about this bullshit every single time from the hearings on abortion. Uh, to the fucking, like, the, 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 uh, Dee Snyder and Frank Zappa having to go in front of Congress. They didn't consider it an honor. You're like, why do we have to come here and talk about this bullshit? Why are you guys, why is this fascist government doing this shit to us? and threatening the press. Ron DeSantis is threatening to get rid of anonymous sources. Again, and you're, you're, telling you're us, mentioning something that I didn't write about. How many things I didn't say you wrote about it. Well, exactly. That's the problem, that you seem to think the Democrats, not the Republicans, are a big threat to speech, and I just don't see it. I wish we had more time to get What's into the that. Democrats we spent a, a lot of time. Are you crazy? 
I mean, I would, you don't think the Democrats are a threat to speech? Have you been paying yes, attention? To yes, I think, I think all politicians are threat to speech. But in this country, if okay. you think the Republican Party is not the biggest threat to speech, then I don't know what to say to you. Maybe you should log off a oh, bit and go to Florida. We have to disagree, I, 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 I to disagree on that. I think, I, think, I, think, I think the black voter who was arrested uh, in Florida or the woman arrested for taking an abortion pill might not say that cat turd two being deamplified was the biggest story of the year. But we will have to leave it there, Matt. Thank you for appearing on the show. What, what, uh, appreciate what about your, your Hunter, Hunter Biden story? Appreciate, that you, appreciate you your time. Uh, I don't think I've ever written about the Hunter Biden story, so maybe you should apologize oh, yeah, to me for putting, for putting words in my mouth. You said at the beginning I put words. I never said a word about the Hunter Biden story, but we will be right back. Who gives a shit about Hunter Biden? Why do you want to see Hunter Biden schlong so bad? Matt Taibbi, apparently you had access to all the files of Hunter Biden schlong. Taibbi has seen it from every angle. You live in sexual anarchy. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. From what I've heard, it's a nice one. I was not... Fucking Matt, you should learn to feel embarrassment. Maynard was not impressed. You get all the like fucking graphics. Taibi, shit, dude, shit. That was not kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Oh, my God. Was this just a few minutes ago? Yes, yes. Let's watch this. Uh, we're going to go to the readout on MSNBC, and we're going to hear from uh, Justin... Justin Jones. Justin Jones, who was just expelled from the Tennessee legislature. Meat cakes. Unprecedented and frankly shameful. Did he have a did he have a co-writer or a, a shadow writer or some shit when he wrote Hate Inc. in American politics? The Tennessee House took up resolutions to expel three Democratic lawmakers. This is just a few minutes ago. Laws, mind you. They moved to expel these members for standing in the well of the chamber despite being ruled out of order by the speaker and attempting to speak loudly against gun violence and against children being shot dead in schools, something that literally just happened weeks ago in Nashville. These three members were standing in alliance with gun reform supporters, including hundreds of students who packed the gallery, hoping, hoping and praying that the legislature would take up a gun reform plan. Instead, this was the plan to expel the members who stood up for gun reform. One state representative, Justin Jones, was expelled this afternoon. While late today, state representative Gloria Johnson... We opened with this uh, earlier tonight. They were still voting as we came on. Pearson still faces a vote at this hour. Republicans likened the actions of these three lawmakers to the January 6th insurrectionists. Here are the three Democrats arriving at the Tennessee Capitol this morning. They are now referred to as the Tennessee Three. Their call for gun safety legislation comes in the wake of that school shooting in Nashville, when three children and three caregivers were gunned down. I can't indeed see where this is going. And also, like, following the 
The shooting in Nashville, they're calling for the disarmament of trans people. Both inside and outside the chamber by young people. Some of whom can't we've even- seen, We've, we've seen this one. Action ...on the astronomical increase in- This is a rerun. schools. Hundreds of advocates, students, young people, and parents gathered this morning as they have been every day since the shooting in what is literally a fight for their lives. Staging walkouts, marching to the Capitol, flooding the State House to- We have covered the, the protests. A burden this country continuously places on these very young shoulders, while Republicans focus instead on the extremely rare, extraordinary, and anti-democratic action to silence their opponents. One of the Tennessee three, Gloria Johnson, a former school teacher, took to the floor ahead of the expulsion vote that she barely survived. By one vote. The human dignity of every citizen in the state of Tennessee, and not just the ones that look like you, and not just the ones that agree with you. We've done so much damage up here to vulnerable communities this year, and now we're doing damage by not addressing the concerns of the families and the children. But it was Justin Jones, who represents the district in Nashville where last month's shooting took place, who was ultimately expelled. And here is what he had to say moments before the vote. We shall not bow. That is what I say to the House Speaker, that we shall not bow. Because what is disorderly is a body that has used voter suppression and rigged maps to take control of our state. What is disorderly is, is a body that silenced the voices of, of Nashville at the congressional level, at the city council level, now trying to remove us at the legislative level. That is disorderly to democracy. That is disruptive to what we have an obligation to uphold. And joining me now is State Representative Justin Jones of Nashville. And uh, Representative Jones, um, I, I watched this, I spent the day watching this, watching what was happening. This was shortly after he was expelled. And you were extraordinary, by the way. Um, but, but what I found really remarkable was how small and mundane the arguments were to expel you. You were talking about the idea that you weren't there to make friends or to bow down to your colleagues on the other side. And they were talking about decorum and the rules of order. I wanna show a, an image of what happened on the day in question. This was what, if we could put it up, this is what was happening on the floor when you, the three of you went to the well of the of the chamber. And I think it's important for you to explain what happened and why you all went to the floor. Yes, well, thank you so much, Ms. Reed. Um, we went to the floor because multiple times we were silenced from talking about the crisis of gun violence that the thousands of young people out here were demanding that we act on. I'm the youngest black lawmaker, well, I'm the formerly was the youngest black lawmaker in the state of Tennessee, represent one of the most diverse districts. And so I went to the well to speak for my constituents, particularly those young people whose voices were not being heard by this body that is so beholden to the NRA. Clinically. To these young people who are saying that our... Oh my God, Clinically, you missed a murder. We watched a murder on stream. Matt Taibbi went on with Mehdi Hassan, and Mehdi just wiped the floor with him. It was far worse than I thought it would be. Matt was completely unprepared. It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Now to recap this, this is Representative Justin Jones. 
I guess now former former state representative Justin Jones. He was expelled from the Tennessee House earlier today, along with his colleague uh, Justin Pearson. A third lawmaker, a white woman, uh, barely hung on to her seat by one vote. Alive. We want to feel safe in school. We want to ban assault weapons. And rather than ban assault weapons, these Republican lawmakers in Tennessee are assaulting democracy. And just to be clear, today, uh, Gloria Johnson, um, who, who did end up surviving her ex- the expulsion attempt, she made the point, and, I, and you made the point as well, that today what we all watched, as we all watched, I watched it online, and those who were able to see it on air, what we saw, she said, and I think you indicated, was not the way that that House chamber normally operates. That everyone getting to speak, everyone getting five minutes, everyone getting a chance to say their piece. You're, you, can you explain, is, is that the way it normally goes under this speaker and in that, in that House? I mean, this, the, the nation was, the world was watching Tennessee, which is why they were on their best behavior. But even under their best behavior, you saw the disdain, the, 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 the arrogance, um, you know, the, 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 basically I had a member on the floor call me an uppity Negro. I mean, this is, the, this is the behavior of our body. And so even with the nation watch, watching them, even with the world watching them, you see the assault on the market that happened. And, and the most extreme example was uh, my expulsion, because it's, what it's doing, it's not about me, but it's about the 78,000 people I represent, these young people, these, you know, one of the most diverse districts being silenced because they're upset that it is, we don't fall in line to their narrative of what Tennessee should be. You know, and what, that is a multiracial democracy. Indeed. One of the, some of the most extraordinary moments, you had one member, the only non-white member in the House majority, lecturing you, um, he's Indian American, to say you should be happy to be there and you should just join with us and essentially behave yourself. Um, There were, uh, as another member that you uh, alleged, um, said to you that you are a disgrace and essentially called you uppity, but then wouldn't do it when you put your phone up and said, say that again on camera. And I believe he might have been one of the sponsors of this resolution. What's the atmosphere like being uh, a 27 year old, both you, the two Justins are both 27, being a young black legislator in that body. What is it normally like for you all? I mean, this is a very hostile environment, but more importantly, it's hostile to democracy. And so what you see in there, they're saying, you should feel grateful to be here. But they didn't put me here. The people of my district put me here. And that's what they were trying to undo. And from the time I walked in in January, this, I was made to feel like it's, I'm, I should not be welcome here because I led protests here. I was arrested in this building over 14 times trying to remove a KKK statue that we finally removed from this rotunda where we're standing. And so my colleagues on the other side of the aisle um, I mentioned that earlier. did not want me here. And today they, they, they overturned democracy. They, they set a very dangerous precedent for the nation of expelling a duly elected lawmaker because of First Amendment activity. Um, this has never happened in Tennessee history. It's never happen, um, you know, in, in any of the examples of expulsions that I gave my colleagues on the floor, which included unethical and criminal behavior, there's only been three expulsions from the House in Tennessee history in our 200, over 200 years. And so today they set a precedent that, you know, being the first lawmaker, the first young, you know, young black lawmaker expelled for speaking for my constituents and doing my job as a representative. I, I don't know if we have your piece, but I'll, I'll probably play it later. But you, you talked about, I mean, someone has peed in the seat of another member and not been expelled. There have been people accused Wait. of sexual assault, serial sexual assault in that chamber, um, uh, you know, crimes, <laughs> and, you know, and it seems that the one thing that this legislature cannot stand, it cannot stomach, uh, are young black lawmakers 
who speak for their constituents. Can you talk about the protesters? You were speaking for them, and there were a lot of protesters outside on the day in question, the day that you went down with that bullhorn and were trying to have your say, because as you said, you couldn't. What did those young protesters want? What were they saying? What were they chanting? What did they want you to do? I mean, there were thousands of young people. These are the largest protests that we've seen in Nashville in over a decade. And it, it is so shameful. It's morally insane that a week after a mass shooting impacted my community, I represent a part of Nashville. Um, here in Nashville, we had a mass shooting at Covenant Elementary. And my colleague's first response is not to pass common sense gun laws, but to expel lawmakers for standing with our constituents, to expel me for being a voice for my district. And particularly these young people who are gathered here begging a sack. Many of those young people can't even vote yet, but they, but they will vote one day. But they're no matter if they can vote or not right now because they're young, they, they have a right to be heard. And more importantly, they have a right to feel safe in their schools, free from the terror of, of mass shootings and this proliferation of weapons of war on our streets in Tennessee. So I'm not the only one that would use P to assert dominance over somebody like one Mr. Dan Crenshaw, who I would give anything in the world to piss in his open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Uh, President Biden has responded uh, to what happened. I don't think I have it in front of me, but uh, on, what man. would you like to see at a national level? I mean, I, I think that this, I think the, the country, those who care about, there it is, these kids and uh, these officials gunned down in yet another mass shooting. And what do the GOP officials focus on? Punishing lawmakers who join thousands of peaceful protesters calling for action. This is a state issue. They can make their own rules in the state house. But at a national level, what would you want to see? I'm sorry to be being? And what are cracking jokes while we're watching the fascist takeover of our our state and federal government. This is a very dangerous precedent for the nation and so we, we hope that the nation will continue to see what's, what's going on here and, and, and support what's happening in Tennessee because if you didn't tell me this was happening to me I would think it was 1963 instead of 2020, um, 2023 because what we're seeing is, is a predominantly white supermajority undoing democracy, forcing their will on my district, which is a predominantly um, black and brown district, one of the most diverse in Tennessee. And so we see a direct assault on democracy, on our right to free expression, on our right to representation. And so we hope that, you know, the, the nation will, will come. The Department of Justice may need to look at this. I know I've been speaking to counsel. And this is getting scary, though. Like, it's been scary for a while. Constitutional. I do believe it's a, it's a violation of the rights of not just me, but of my, of my constituents, of the people I represented. And that's the most important thing, is that I did not go to that well in my individual capacity i went there as a representative of 78,000 portland 1000 good evening my friend me and left that seat without a representative that was representative justin jones shortly after he was expelled from the tennessee legislature earlier today he and one other lawmaker uh, another 27 year old black lawmaker uh by the name of justin Pearson, both expelled the Tennessee legislature earlier today. A third lawmaker, Gloria Johnson, survived by one vote. Milf Hunter, you're the maximizer of utility. That's all we need to know over here. Objectivity is something 
Technica. Are you, is this, are these song lyrics? Sitting cow, good evening. They did not expel the white lady, but they only did it by one vote. You win. Uh, they joined with protesters who stormed the house floor demanding gun control. Jezebel, good evening. Yes, there there are going to be special elections and they can run again. And we hope that they will win again. Probably raise their profile. Probably help them out in their political careers. Libertarians are fucking dumb. Dumbest motherfuckers walking the planet. All right-wingers are morons. Was shot at last weekend? Jesus. Oh, shit. Thanks, Az. Leftist trash grass band... Trash grass, I, I would assume that it means as in bluegrass. I am from Eastern Kentucky. The Wingnut Dishwashers Union. Urine speaks louder than world. Oh, hell yeah. The Tennessee Holler uh, is a fantastic Facebook Twitch group. Highly recommend you go follow them. They do very good reporting on... Uh, matters going on in, um, as you could guess, Tennessee. When we come back from the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the riots going on in Paris. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met with the Taiwanese president. I got cop videos for you. We've got a, a sergeant tried to rape one of his underlings and he got shot for it. We've got like in wild video, we've got the 911 call of the cop calling the cops saying he shot a cop. Cop hit a kid in Florida. Of course it was a Florida man. <laughs> I had a client I was uh, video conferencing with today and he asked me what part of the country I was in. I told him. I was like, well, where, where are you coming from? Or where are you working out of? And he said, Tampa Bay. And I was like, ah, oh, Florida man, eh? <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, let's not go there. Let's not go there. I crack jokes even when I'm talking with my clients. Dude hit me out of nowhere. I didn't, you know, apparently I did some work for him a, a little while back. Just like, hey, we want you to run our podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. A man walks up to a cop and admits that he murdered his friend. A Tesla exploded in Hollywood. I'm going to tell you about a... a botched training exercise that involves an FBI agent and somehow a Delta pilot got arrested. Yeah, seriously. We got this whole... uh, We got this whole expose on churches raping more kids. That's what churches be doing. <laughs> All that and more on the other side of the break. So if you're if you're not subbed on Twitch, you're gonna get the ad break. 
You get the three minutes all at once. We play them all, get them out of the way. Go refill your drink, take a pee-pee break, come back. You won't miss any content. I'm just going to be here yik-yakking with everybody. So you do the you do the commercial breaks. We'll see you on the other side here on the Troll Patrol live. The answer is probably yes. I get confused on stories. Uh, we do so many fucking stories. We're doing a story about a kidnapping victim that uh, dies because the the cops initiate a high-speed chase. Denavago. Nightshades. Wake up. Wake up, you say. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Woke moralists. See, there's some new faces out there. Uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Justin Freegan. I host the Troll Patrol Live. We be finding out what that news be doing. 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday through Thursday. If you want to know where I, I stand on any kind of policy, it's whatever gets me closest to pissing in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy. Right now, it seems like, you know, having leftist... Uh, politics. Hell yeah! We got we got a new sub up in here. Thank you for the sub, my friend. The, the fucking it was the it was the Dan Crenshaw that put you over the edge, eh? Any man that will piss in Dan Crenshaw's eye hole is worth my five dollars on Twitch. I can't believe that works. Somebody was like, yeah, I'm into, I'm into the eye hole pissing. Give me that eye pussy. Good evening to everyone. I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, here's some good advice for you though. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. Sad part is I'm in Tennessee. This goddamn state. Where'd I go to college? Tennessee. Fucking Tennessee. I, um... My pot dealer also, uh... He made meth as well. And he like they like an old hillbilly that lived up in the backwoods of Virginia, and uh, he had a he had a really nice um, I, I guess it was his girlfriend maybe fiance maybe they were married I don't know but I, I don't I don't think they were officially married but his his old lady you could say right and she was super nice and she told some of the corniest jokes and one time she said uh, what did Tennessee the same thing Arkansas. Why? Okay, as somebody, as somebody who's lived in both Tennessee and Alabama, ain't no, ain't no cause for anybody from Alabama talking shit on fucking Tennessee.
the match that will change things. We're um we're in the middle of a of a paradigm shift, right? And paradigm shifts are always messy. Uh, we're we're at a unique inflection point because of the generational dynamics in this country. The baby boomer generation grew up in a really unique time. And I know, I know, fucking uh, a lot of a lot of people. And the pandemic adds to it. Uh, Sassy's uh, exactly right. But just the generational shift with the with the baby boomers who came up in one of the most prosperous times ever and didn't really. Um, you know, Jimmy Carter told them we need to tighten our, our belts and not be so frivolous with money and break our dependency on foreign oil. And the baby boomer generation said, yeah, no, fuck that. We want to do cocaine. And uh, that's the 80s happened. And we, we had the era of deregulation, the dismantling of the social safety net. And we're back right where we were, you know, getting ready to learn an important lesson like we did following the corruption, the robber baron era in American history. We learned an important lesson in the, in the 1920s, in the 1930s. The Gen X generation, I don't like, they had an apathy, the MTV generation. They had an apathy towards politics. And even my mom, to a certain extent, and she was, uh, he was a baby boomer, but she like, in the 80s and 90s, she could give a shit less. You know, she, she was well off. She was able to save up and buy her house and then her house kept being worth more and more money. So she didn't have to look around her and see how the, how the system was working. And I don't want to, I'm not putting the blame on any generation or anything. I'm just trying to describe the dynamics. But there's a lot of like, you know, baby boomers don't look at the subsidies that they get for mortgages, the, 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 the way the government plays a role in their lives. They don't look at that as a handout, but they look down on welfare. They've been taught to, to the whole Reaganomics, the the dismantling of social. There's a lot of shit to get into here. I'm sorry. This is this is a conversation. This this you could write a fucking dissertation on this fucking topic, hands down. I don't know. You'd have to drill down more. There's a lot to be said, and I'm just here to do the news. I should have took a PP break. I should have took a PP break during the commercial. Now I got. Now I'm thinking about pee and how much I want pee in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. See, I just put on the next video and let you guys watch it, but I want to know what, what's going. I want to know what's going on. I can't just do that. That'd be lazy of me. Here, have a commercial break.
Hi, I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how so I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went I need, too I need far a picture with their of Dan cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm, I'm right. Bowl, I can so give me out. your money, or I'm selling you out. Oh, he popped up again. I didn't even mean to do that. Dan Crenshaw appliques that you can put inside your toilet. Piss in his eye hole. That's what we need around here. All right, we gotta find out what that news be doing. I'm sorry, you guys got extra commercials. Oh, you meme. I don't even. We didn't even get the original like meme of the day because we came in hot tonight. Do I have a meme? Surely I got a meme. Okay, here we go. A little late on the WrestleMania meme, but we'll do it anyway. Stylist, what do you want? Rhea Ripley, you know Rudy Giuliani? Stylist, say no more. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Lockwork Orange. Stanley Kubrick, my favorite director. Big fan of Clockwork Orange. After, after the stream, we're going to head on down to the Canova Milk Bar. You can get your Milk Plus. God, I haven't seen that movie in years. I am... I am... Uh, both scared and horny at the same time. You live in sexual Stop anarchy. About. We like we find out what that news be doing. I'm Justin Freegan. We find out what that news be doing. Uh, we're just getting back from commercial break, so we're getting ready to get back into the news. Uh, I think we'll start it off with uh, let's do riots. Let's do riots. Let's go to Paris. I see London. I see France. Riot police. Clash with protesters in Paris amid the continued uprising over the raising of the retirement age. DJ Dub, good evening. We are heading overseas, taking you first to these protests in Paris. 
Hundreds of thousands of protesters back on the streets today, clashing with riot police over President Emmanuel Macron's proposed rise in the national retirement age from six. I know, I'm sorry, Dub. Just remarkable footage here showing police firing tear gas at demonstrators to try and disperse the large crowds that continue to gather. The protesters there hurling objects at police amid several standoffs we've already seen. Uh, this new round of protests coming after. This, this is what we call kicking authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. We're all for it around here. I can't believe the French government is still plowing ahead with their plans despite all these protests. Like, they know what it be doing. Like, this ain't, this ain't France's first rodeo. Does Macron think this shit's gonna go away? The French Prime Minister uh, actually met with representatives of France's biggest unions. This was yesterday, and after just 50 minutes together, together those unions actually walked out of the meeting um, calling the meeting a failure. So then what happened is that union leaders called on the public to come here to the streets and join the strike, saying that the only acceptable outcome is to get rid of the reform. Macron says this is just simply not on the table. As we get these pictures in, you can see from the many angles, uh, the protesters, it, it, still the, 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 the number continuing to increase uh, more police being brought in. You see the riot police here. And see what they try to do at, when they come together, they try not to charge toward uh, the protesters. Um, well, actually, now you. <laughs> well, actually, nope, nope, nope. That's exactly what they're doing. Uh, police and riot gear on the outside trying to keep the calm while other uh, units of police move in to disperse the crowds. Of course, the key is to try to keep this safe, as peaceful as possible, um, using the warning. Uh, first, they, they, they verbally warn protesters to back off. If, if they don't listen, that takes it to the next level of tear gas to try and disperse and, and get the crowds uh, to back off. We've seen them start fires. We have seen them uh, throwing and hurling objects uh, at. Somebody got milkshake. One of the uh, officers in riot gear got nailed with a paint gun. Uh, okay, paint gun. Protesters bringing everything out here uh, to try. Even better. And make their, their voices heard. There you see uh, other objects being hurl hurled at the police. Um, tear gas now uh, breaking up one large crowd that we did see there just outside the circle uh, in Paris, France. Hi, everyone. George oh, shit. Sorry. Ah. George Stephanopoulos, my eyes. Sorry about that. I love that it takes so little to set France off. Here in the U.S., we just we just keep letting them trample our rights. We don't ever get out in the street and protest. They're just wanting to raise the fucking retirement age by a couple of years. France fucking sets the place on fire. Love it. Kick authority in the balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. The Taiwanese president met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and it made Xi Jinping real mad. Winnie the Pooh got real mad over this. 
Washington House Speaker Kevin McCarthy welcomed Taiwan's president in California Wednesday. It was a high-stakes show of support for the self-ruled island, despite China, which views Taiwan as its territory, opposing the meeting. The friendship between the people of Taiwan and America is a matter of profound importance to the free world. And it is critical to maintain economic freedom, peace, and regional stability. We will honor our obligations and reiterate our commitment to our shared values behind which all Americans are united. For more on this, Michael Swain joins me now. He's the director of the East Asia program at the Quincy Institute. Michael, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said there was nothing new in uh, these in the stop by uh, the president of Taiwan, calling them private, non-official. But Kevin McCarthy seemed to be having an official meetings. So what's the purpose? It looked awfully official to me. From the president. Well, the purpose for President Tsai Ing-wen is to show uh, support and connection with uh, the United States by traveling through the United States on what's called transit trips. Um, these have occurred many, many times in the past, but the trips have gotten to be more longer in duration, involving more types of public activities, more like sort of state to state kind of interactions. Even though the president of Taiwan does not travel to Washington, does not meet with the most senior members of the U.S. government, um, in Los Angeles now, she's met with the third in line to the presidency. Um, after uh, McCarthy's predecessor, Nancy Pelosi, of course, traveled over to Taiwan to meet with her. That happened so, last year. A real intensification overall of the level of U.S.-Taiwan interactions. Does, does the Secretary of State saying this is not an official visit really do anything, or is that purely window dressing in terms of China's reaction? And I'll piggyback on that by saying, what do you think China's reaction will be? Well, I, I think it does have some... Bear mad. U.S.-China normalization was based upon an understanding that there would be only unofficial relations mm -hmm. between the United States and Taiwan. And so the U.S. has always been careful to say these contacts are unofficial. But nobody has really defined what that means. Uh, the United States never defined what unofficial means. And uh, Beijing believes that unofficial means you don't have contacts with senior members of each government and you don't treat the president of Taiwan as if she or he is the president of a nation state. But unfortunately, the United States has moved closer and closer towards that kind of treatment of the Taiwan president over many years. And of course, the Chinese themselves have moved closer and closer towards um, military displays, showing various signs of displeasure. So what we have here is a kind of interactive dynamic where each side doubles down on showing resolve, showing support, and um, one really begins to wonder, where is this all going, ultimately? I mean, you, you just wrote re recently about that dynamic. Um, you talked about a vicious circle of reaction and recrimination over Taiwan. How do countries, and these two countries in particular, get out of that uh, sort of self-fulfilling circle? Well, it's, it's they, what they really have to do is recognize that the original basis for normalization between the two countries involved a, a credible one China policy on the, on the part of the United States and a credible Chinese commitment as a priority to seek peaceful unification. Now, the two sides still state, state support for these two positions, but what they need is they need some really serious leadership on mm. both sides. Look, there are limits here. 
and we need to maintain certain types of limits and we need to provide credible assurances that we still uphold the original understanding between the two sides. That's going to take some really strong leadership, I think, on both sides. And let me ask you a final question, which is the president of France and the European Commission are traveling to Beijing. Uh, and I note on the eve of these meetings, China's ambassador to the European Union suggested his country's relationship with Russia was not as close as perceived. What do you make of the possibilities of this visit and that statement about China's relationship with Russia? Well, I think this is an indication that Chinese are trying to really, in a way, sort of split or divide Europe away from the United States in taking its position towards China, um, trying to show that we're not completely locked into uh, supporting Russia to the extent of providing lethal arms to Russia, etc. And by that token, then say, look, we're, we want to see a peaceful resolution of this problem and appealing to the Europeans, of, of whom there are many who want to see that as well. And so they're trying to really play to the Europeans. Carvel says Europeans are greasy. And I, and I do think, in fact, there is a difference between Moscow and Beijing and the way they're looking at the Ukraine war. Michael Swain, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. My apologies to any Europeans out there that may have been offended. So what Sparkle said, I do not endorse. I do not endorse what she has to say. In Arizona, the Arizona Supreme Court has rejected a bid to reschedule an execution. The Arizona Supreme Court declined on Wednesday to reschedule an execution initially set for this week and looked unlikely to be carried out after Governor Katie Hobbs' office said the state wasn't prepared to enforce the death penalty. In here, here, in an order, the court rejected setting a May 1st execution date for prisoner Aaron Gunches for his murder conviction in the 2002 killing of Ted Price near the Phoenix suburb of Mesa. The execution was originally scheduled for Thursday. Hobbs, who has ordered a review of Arizona's death penalty protocols due to the state's history of mismanaging executions, has vowed not to enforce any death sentences until there's confidence the state can enforce the death penalty without violating the law. Seems reasonable. In late March, the state Supreme Court rejected a request from uh, Price's sister, Karen Price, to order Hobbs to carry out the execution. The court concluded Hobbs wasn't required to do so. Price's sister and his daughter, Brittany Kay, have since filed a lawsuit that seeks to force Hobbs to execute Gunches. So the victim's family going to the court to try to force the governor to carry out the execution. Colleen Clace an attorney for Karen Price, who focuses on crime victims' rights, did not respond to an email and text request for comment. Maricopa County attorney Rachel Mitchell had also asked the court to extend the execution warrant by 25 days. Representatives from her office also did not respond to an email request seeking comment. Good on the Hobbs administration for trying to put a halt to executions, at least temporarily. Go from state-sanctioned execution to an execution that possibly will not be state-sanctioned. 
DOJ is launching an investigation into a deadly police shooting. Justice Department is launching a civil rights investigation now into a U.S. Park police shooting that happened here in our nation's capital, leaving a 17-year-old young man by the name of Delano Martin dead. U.S. Park Police now releasing the body cam video of the incident. And, of course, we need to warn you. Yep, that's exactly what I was uh, getting ready to do. Get the content warning. It's disturbing to watch. ABC's Ikejachi is in Washington, has been following this. So let's just talk about the latest of what we've learned now that that body cam has been released, Ike. Yeah, Kara, first of all, it's rare for U.S. Park Police or any federal law enforcement agency, for that matter, to release body camera video of an officer-involved shooting. And again, what you're about to see may be disturbing. Now, the footage starts in the morning just before 9 a.m. on March 18th in Washington, D.C. The Metropolitan Police Department says they got a call about a suspicious car parked outside with the engine still running and a driver asleep inside. Now, in the video, you can see officers quietly walk up to the car in question and in it was a sleep and behind the wheel now at first dc officers can be heard warning the federal officers about going into the car saying he may be an uber driver that just needs to take a nap in between shifts or some shit could be any number of reasons somebody could be asleep in their car that is no reason for cops to harass them jesus 17-year-old Delanio Martin asleep and It's a kid. At first, Buda Bean, good evening. Heard warning the federal officers about going into the car, saying if he takes off, just don't get caught inside the car. Next, the officers open the door, wake the teenager up, a brief struggle ensues as you see, and then the teen takes off. Now, one officer does fall out of the car, but the other is still in the back seat as the car speeds away. The officer yells at Martin to let him out of the car, but he keeps driving. Now, with his gun drawn... What the fuck? ...shoot, and a second later, he fires six shots into Martin's back. Now, the car crashing into the front of a house, and the officer still inside made it out, giving CPR to the teenager, trying, but unable to save his life. Now, police say they did not find a gun on Martin, but later found a gun inside the car... Martin's mother is calling for the identity of the officer to be released and arrested. Let's listen. I want him to stop getting paid while he murdered my son. Time and time again, I sit and I try to get my head wrapped around this, and I can't. I don't sleep. I don't eat. And justice needs to be served. Now, the local police is investigating the incident. As for Martin, his funeral will be next week. Kira? All right, Ike, thank you. Yep, they murdered. They had no reason. Even if he did it. Okay, so guns are illegal in D.C. That is against the law. But even if he had a gun in his vehicle, still no reason to murder him. And also, I don't believe cops... It wouldn't put it past them that they planted a gun in the vehicle. Stradaluke brings up a very good point. Cops are not required to help you. The courts have ruled multiple times. Cops have no duty to protect you. No duty to protect you. And if they do harm you, they will lie about it. They will lie about it. I'm going to take you to Florida where a cop 
ran over a kid, ran over a kid. Both of these stories dealing with kids this is a content warning. Ran over a kid. And to no one's surprise, lied about it. According to a report from poor St. Lucie police, the child was riding his bicycle right here at the intersection of Savona Boulevard and Becker Road when that Fort Pierce police officer who we're told was traveling right here in the right turn lane hit him in his patrol car. At a child just yards from Debbie Johnson's home. It's a good neighborhood. We've had no issues or anything. Came an issue she'd never thought she'd hear. Very scary. A child riding his bicycle hit by a Fort Pierce police officer in his patrol car. According to this report from Port St. Lucie Police. I was very shocked because we didn't have anything like that to happen out here. According to the report, the child's mother called Port St. Lucie Police telling them her son was crossing the road at the walk signal at Becker Road and Savona Boulevard when the police car bumper clipped him knocking him over. She told police the officer in the car did check on her son, offering him a Band-Aid, but then drove away without contacting her, filing a report, or leaving her son with his information. Lucy didn't kill him. Of the officer's patrol car and uniform, Port St. Lucie police say they figured out the officer is with Fort Pierce police, and that this surveillance video from a nearby home shows the patrol car of officer Eric Arellano heading towards the crash site just moments before the accident. Port St. Lucie officers also say when they confronted Arellano about the incident, he denied the whole thing twice until officers showed him the evidence against him, prompting a confession. I reached out to Fort Pierce police. Piece of shit. Interview, but told me Officer Arellano is on administrative leave pending an internal investigation. They also sent me this statement reading in part quote, we take situations like this quite serious and our investigating of this incident will be extremely thorough. I think that was great that they're right on top of things. Neighbors like Debbie thankful it's being taken VA. seriously and thankful that they're not on top of things. Absolutely. Thank God. Now, I have reached out to Officer Arellano, both by email and by phone, to directly comment on this investigation. As of right now, he has not called me back. Reporting Officer Arellano said, fuck them kids. That, that was his comment on the story. Fuck them kids. A kidnapping victim is now dead following a police chase. This is the victim. The victim, unfortunately, has died. Uh, I'm sure the cops are responsible somehow in this mess. I'm not an anarchist. Thirty-four-year-old Tatiana David was reported missing out of Ithaca, New York, last night. Police say she was last seen with 35-year-old Michael Davis, who was driving a white Jeep Cherokee. Last night, Virginia State Police saw a white Jeep Cherokee with wrong license plates. They initiated a chase. They say the driver initially stopped but then sped away, hitting a guardrail at one point, speeding south on I-95, and finally crashing into the woods here near exit 148. In and I shade a lot of people that are new to streams want to get a feel for the streamer. The SUV, the driver began shooting at them. State and Fairfax County police returned fire. We obtained the radio communication between troopers and dispatchers of the moment shots were fired. We do not know who exactly is firing the shots, 
We do want to warn you, this audio may be hard to listen to. Hey, we need a shield. We need a shield. We hear the shot fired. Tatiana David, the kidnapping victim, was killed. The driver, who Virginia State Police have only identified as a man from Chesterfield, Virginia, suffered life-threatening injuries. Virginia State Police say a gun was found in the Jeep after the shooting. Thanks. We do not know if the kidnapping victim was shot by police or not. And I would put money that they probably were. The wild story. Still no update on the on the name of the man. This is apparently happening overnight last night. Shoot out with police. We're gonna take you to James City County. James City County. I knew it was something wild. Where is this? Where is James City County at? I think it's I think it's outside of uh or I think it's in Virginia somewhere. James City County. Where this is this is some cop on cop violence here that you're getting ready to witness. The moments just before a James City County police officer shot his sergeant outside of Williamsburg Bar. Michael Rusk is facing charges in connection to that January shooting, which seriously hurt Sergeant. It is in Virginia. Investigators initially said the two officers got into a fight after a night of drinking. But as 10 of your size Julie Millay learned, the shooting might have been about much more than a bar fight. Yeah, Julie? Tom and Amy investigators simply said the two officers involved in the shooting were known to each other. Now we're learning what that might really mean. The alleged shooter, Michael Rusk, says he pulled the trigger in self-defense because of unwanted advances by his sergeant. We're about to share exclusive surveillance video. Kikyo! ...call from the shooting, which we played for Michael Rusk's family for the first time. Would you like to hear it? You always come in on like the worst the stories. Time, Jason Rusk is hearing the 911 call his son made in the early morning hours of January 25th. I shot Sergeant Gibson. Do what? I shot Sergeant Gibson. It sounds like Sergeant Gibson had it coming. Is he breathing? He just fell out. James City County Police Officer Michael Rusk called 911 after he allegedly shot his superior officer, Sergeant Christopher Gibson, outside a Williamsburg bar where the two had been drinking together. Video given exclusively to 10 on your side shows the two officers before this happened. Okay, I need you to take a deep breath for me, okay? Is he breathing? Is he breathing? The 911 call goes on for just over five minutes. That's when responding officers show up to find Gibson had been shot three times seriously hurt in his stomach and shoulder. Court documents show Gibson told officers Rusk shot him after a verbal argument. But Rusk, his dad, and his lawyers say it was much no relation. than that. You know, it started to get creepy. 
Jason Rusk says his son told him about unwanted attention he got from his superior officer leading up to the shooting and that he had reported it to others on the force. There was a year's worth of grooming that had taken place. Rusk says his son is the victim of unwanted sexual advances and had been for a long time. Extremely inappropriate touching, stalking, the grooming, the previous to the incident assaults. We reached out to Gibson several times to ask him about these allegations. He declined to speak with us. We also requested from JCCPD a record of any complaints filed. It looks like it goes far beyond sexual harassment. It looks like it was assault. Shows the officers at the bar prior to the shooting. You can see them sitting across from each other at the start. Then you'll see Gibson move in to sit next to Rusk. Gibson reaches for Rusk's hand under the table, which seems to be met with hesitation from the younger officer. Then just about an hour before the shooting, the two are seen leaving together. After Gibson puts his hand on Rusk's shoulder, you see Rusk forcefully push him off and put a finger in his face before walking away. We don't know what happened next, but after the shooting, Rusk makes this claim to the 911 dispatcher. I told him this is how I if our client was a female, uh, this case would be drastically different. Rusk's lawyer says the video and 911 call make a clear case for self-defense. I think it'll show that certain steps weren't taken that needed to be taken. The attorney says those steps, like looking into Rusk's claims of unwanted sexual advances, could have prevented what Rusk's dad calls a tragedy, which will affect his son. He is a cute guy. Of his life. He told people from the get-go that he was sexually assaulted. He said no, and he kept on. He said no, and he kept on. If I had a daughter in the same position, we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't have an innocent person fighting for their freedom. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, no, no. If you... If you'd had a daughter, nobody would have took her fucking uh, claims of sexual... Yeah, like, maybe it's uh, more likely somebody would have took her seriously, but probably she would have been met with skepticism as well. I do know that there is a stigma about men reporting sexual assault. That is something that we need to... Uh... I... Nightshades, I don't like... It looks like it was self-defense. And we are talking, we're, we're talking about a cop. I, I don't, I think I'm on, I think I'm on the dude's side. Rhinos, good evening. I, we don't, we don't know. We don't know the whole story, and this uh, apparently he did not kill the dude because they said they've reached out to him for comment multiple times. Shot him in the shoulder. I and we're talking about a police sergeant. He definitely seemed like he thought he was going to be raped. He was very distraught in the in the call. I don't know. Seems to me like that's the. The perfect time to shoot someone when they're trying to sexually assault you. If only, if only the children had been armed. If only the children in Maryland had been armed. They might have not got assaulted by 
the Catholic Church. Today, certainly in Maryland, is a day of reckoning um, and a day of accounting. Maryland Attorney General Anthony Brown was referring to this 463-page report that documents, quote, the depraved and systemic failure of the archdiocese to protect the children it was charged to keep safe. This is a full accounting. Uh, there are details of repeated, tortuous, terrorizing, uh, depraved abuse. The investigation uncovered the extent of the power and authority the clergy used to exploit the trust of the children. They told their victims the abuse was God's will. Some threatened that the victim or the victim's family would go to hell if they told anyone. They attempted to normalize sexual behavior as roughhousing. According to the report, certain parishes had multiple abusers. St. Mark's in Catonsville had 11 child abusers living and working there from 1964 to 2004. Four parishes had six abusers, including St. Michael Overly. The report cites a case where a sexually abused child came to... I've said it many, many, many times. Churches are nothing but organized pedophile rings. Or priests for counseling. His parents so trusting, they let him spend the night. The report says the priest raped him for five years. A distraught father of a young girl demanded a priest be removed. The priest confessed to an uncontrollable attraction to young girls and a yielding to temptation from time to time. The archdiocese quietly got him into psychiatric treatment and reassigned him to desk work where he would not be exposed uh, to temptation. It's, it's not only uh, churches, it, it is uh, schools associated with the archdiocese. So the institutions associated with the respective archdiocese uh, are the target of our uh, investigations. The report details the abuse by Father Maskell. At least 39 people reported being sexually abused by him. Nine girls described being given tea, soda or wine or even being hypnotized. Seven girls complained they were forced to have sex with Maskell and other men. The AG's report indicates that Maskell and Father Magnus worked as a team abusing the girls at Archbishop Keogh High School. Many of the victims who were sexually abused by Maskell described Magnus as participating in and being present for the abuse. But for monsters, legal Baltimore, Maryland, we can uh, to bring those abusers and those who enabled them uh, to justice. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. You'll hear an awful lot about grooming from right-wingers. People like Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk and shit. But you know, the Southern Baptist Convention admitting to raping all those children and covering it up. The AG finding out about the Archdiocese of... Baltimore raping all kinds of children and covering it up. You're never going to hear them talk about that, though. Sick. We don't have story after story of drag queens abusing children. We do. We do when it comes to churches and cops. And uh, a lot of daycares. A lot of fucking daycares are abusing children. We're going to go to San Antonio where parents sewed a recording device inside their their child's uh, coat and caught a daycare worker threatening the child. 
Concerned about the treatment of their toddler at a San Antonio daycare, a husband and a wife sewed a recording device into their kid's jacket. The audio then captured employees using profane language and one even threatening to harm kids in her care. I'm going to go and I'm going to beat both of y'all. That's what I'm going to do. You're a KSAT investigates the stunning recordings and the fallout for all sides involved. That wasn't that bad. Just that was nowhere near as bad as the bus driver we watched last night, and everybody was on the bus driver's side. So, oh no. As. Guys, want to pay me to degrade them? That I am no psychologist. I am no psychologist, but I think there's something to that. That um, guys want to pay you to degrade them. And they're Christian, MAGA, and or both. I think there's something to that. There's some repression going on. And there's some really, like, I feel like I'm pretty healthy sexually. So I don't get the fucked up sex brain. I don't know. Wait. Sitting cow? And yes, yes. Men pay uh, a lot of money to be degraded. But sitting cow has um, brought up something that I would have not noticed. We are on TV station KSAT. This is the KSAT Investigates. And apparently, if you touch it, you die. Touch it and you die is what the graphic says. Weeks after enrolling their daughter at Moss Rock. All sides involved. Here's Dylan Collier. <laughs> Just weeks after enrolling their daughter at Moss Rock. No, that's the tagline for the TV station. Touch it and you die. Rock Kinder Care last week. We'll go to work for him. Carly Hernandez noticed a drastic change in their one and a half year old's behavior. She had started being really, really violent, um, hitting, kicking, screaming. After witnessing an employee refusing to give her child water, Carly took a page from a spy novel and in December sewed this small recording device into her daughter's fur jacket. Now, now, now. The reporter thinks he's... This, this went on his demo reel, by the way. That effect in the in the report. And he got this, like, After Effects template to go over his video. He's real proud of himself. Framing. After witnessing an employee refusing to give her child water, Carly took a page from a spy novel. And in December, sewed this small recording device into her... Sheesh, did I say your name right? Or Seismic. Good evening, my friend. So glad to see you. Imperialism is a paper tiger. I'll allow it. Sounds good to me. For nearly seven hours, it recorded two employees of the Early Childhood Learning Center cursing. One of them repeatedly berated the Hernandez's toddler and other small children inside the facility. Here, yes. Deep. I'm about to bend the f- way for some adult and I'll touch it and you die. 
Okay, okay, so apparently it was a quote from the story that they had on the uh, on the opening graphic, but it was kind of weird. It seemed like it was the tagline for the station. KSAT 12, ABC, touch it and you die. Aaron had anticipated nothing much being recorded by the device. But after the couple downloaded the audio files... First thing that she said to me was, we're not sending her back there. And she had tears in her eyes. I just felt really deceived um, and just devastated for my child. Carly reported the employees to the San Antonio Police Department and Child Protective Services. Both agencies said their investigations are ongoing. Detectives in particular are looking into whether the recordings constitute terroristic threats. Neither woman has been criminally charged. At least one group, the National Association for the Education of Young Children, is no longer accrediting the location as of late February. Staff at the daycare declined to speak to KSAT and instead referred us to immediate contact for their parent company. Thank you for calling Kinder Care Education. Shortly after reaching its voicemail, KSAT received an email statement from Kinder Care calling the employee's behavior unacceptable and that both women will never work for Kinder Care or any of its... I think I found your problem here. Uh, allow me to... Keep my camera here. Notice this says this is Kinder Care Learning Companies. It, it's a corporation designed to make money. And they don't give a shit about your kids. And they're going to cut corners and they're going to pay people as little as they possibly can get by with. And that's the kind of that's the kind of care that you see at a facility that does those sort of thing. Just kind of a just kind of a thing that happens. You get what you pay for. I trusted these people, and I don't know if, when I'm going to be able to do that again. For KSAT Investigates, I'm Dylan Collier. Keep up to date. KSAT, touch it and you die. I like that better. A Delta pilot was detained. In some kind of a botched training exercise. This whole thing is wild. I don't know. I don't know the detail. It involves the FBI. Fuck them kids. Not literally. Figuratively. Don't literally fuck kids. That will get you in trouble. Oh, God. This is like... There was a... um, there was a meme of Austin Theory after WrestleMania because, like, uh, John Cena had, like, the Make-A-Wish kids with him when he came out to the ring. And then, because uh, my buddy was like, oh, shit, he's got the Make-A-Wish kids out there. He's not losing. And then he lost. And then there was a meme of Austin Theory that went around. It was like, fuck them kids. It literally fuck kids. Figuratively. 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 Fuck them kids. A Delta pilot has been detained in some kind of botched FBI training. 
morning and this morning the training raid gone wrong is the subject of an investigation. We know that the, it happened here at the Revere Hotel and a Delta Airlines pilot who was the victim of this has now filed a police report. Delta pilots had people claiming to be FBI agents barge into their room and handcuffed them to the bathroom. A Delta Airlines pilot asleep in his room on the 15th floor of the Revere Hotel was jolted awake by banging on his door shortly before midnight Tuesday. It was the FBI. Sources tell five investigates that pilot was handcuffed and interrogated in a bathroom for close to 30 minutes before agents realized their mistake. They had the wrong room, the wrong guy. The FBI says this was part of a training exercise run by the Department of Defense. They say the exercise was designed to, quote, simulate a situation their personnel might encounter in a deployed environment, adding they were mistakenly sent to the wrong room and detained an individual, not the intended role player. The pilot declined treatment from first responders. How fucking incompetent. Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we detained the wrong person during our, our training exercise. Counter in a deployed environment, adding they were mistakenly sent to the wrong room and detained an individual, not the intended role player. The pilot declined treatment from first responders, but did file a police report. It shows Boston police wearing body cameras did respond and were met by agents conducting that training exercise. In a statement, Delta tells News Center 5, we are looking into reports of an alleged incident in Boston that may involve Delta people. We have nothing further to share at this time other than to reaffirm our commitment to ensuring the safety and well-being of... Oh, this is a statement from Delta Airlines. I thought this was the cop. I was like... Why are you referring to them as Delta people? Like, do they do they come from like where two rivers meet or some shit? Like, what the Delta people they don't refer to people as their fucking job? But it is, is a statement from Delta Airlines of our people. The FBI, the Department of Defense, Delta and the U.S. People. Army Special Ops Command all acknowledged that this is a very serious incident and told us it is under review. And meantime, they say they're extending their deepest apologies to that pilot. Reporting live this morning in Boston, Todd Keskiewicz, WCVB News Center. Yeah, I didn't know the FBI did live training exercises inside just, you know, a random hotel in Boston. What the fuck? This happened in Ohio. A man walked right up to a cop and said that he shot and killed an old friend by accident. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Said that he killed an old friend by accident. Now he's charged with murder. Okay. Hey, what's going on? I'm here to uh, turn myself in. Okay, what's going on? I had an accident last night. Okay. I was showing an old friend of mine how to use this gun that she was.
Okay, now now I'm automatically suspicious because you like I had an accident last night. You shot the motherfucker last night, and you're walking up like 10 a.m. noon. What do what, we got a time here? Oh, this is three o'clock in the afternoon. So you're walking up at three o'clock in the afternoon. Nope. Hold on, my math is wrong. I can't math. Six six in the evening. Walking up at six in the evening, I'm bad at math. You take your thirty-three and a third chance minus my twenty-five percent. After you got sober, got there we go, there we go. Not shade, you're probably right on that one. Meeting that she asked for, and it went off and it shot her in the chest. Okay. And I've been running around scared. Where is this at? Up on Miami Montgomery County Line Road. Okay. You just want to set your water right there. Sure. Put yourself up there. You got any weapons wait, 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 wait. Is there a body back at your house? You just wouldn't. You're telling me. Right. You want to talk to me? I'll still talk to you. Okay. Right. Does this person need assistance or help? or? you have two sets of cuffs? I can put two sets on you in a second, okay? Does he did. help right now, or are they deceased, or what? They're deceased. Does anybody else know about this? No. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I've been waiting. Where where is this address actually that you you're at? I, I don't know the actual number. Is this her house or your house or? No, it's a friend of mine's house. What what county is it in? It's on the Miami County side, but it's on. Yeah, in this situation, you probably should have went to a lawyer first. My number three eleven. I'll be in the back lot with one. Uh, can you do a miscellaneous call? I have one detained. If you uh, start three ten. What's your name, sir? Can you imagine being in the parking lot of the police department? You're just having a smoke break or some shit. Some dude walks up. Yeah, I murdered a guy. I'm Brian. 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 I'm, I'm also doing. I'm just going to check check you down. Go right, Go right ahead. Uh, murder. Murder, not shades. Murder. I'm in the back lot of the PD in the parking lot. Okay, again, no weapons on you, right? Right. Not even a pocket knife? No. Okay. Grabbed him balls. Okay. Brian, what's your last name, Brian? Mason. Is there a weapon in your truck? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is a weapon in his truck. Oh, you dropped a quarter. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is hurting my back. Okay. I'll try to, yeah, when you're done, fix you up in one second, okay? When, you, when you feel I safe. It. Have a report of a gun fired. Yeah, they probably could cover you. You've given them enough to uh, have suspicion. But I've been so scared. Okay. Uh, what's uh, what's your social security, Brian? What's uh? This is the first thing we do when we're reporting a murder. Cops are small. Hey. All right, let's have a seat in my car for two seconds, and I'll switch the cuffs on you. Okay. Sure. Are they even at the police station? Did you just find some random cops that were hanging out at like a fucking car wash? Give me one second. What, what's your last name again? Mason. Mason, okay. okay. Oh, oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, just give me one second, okay? Okay. I'm on. This guy walks up, he's like, turn my body, came on, get out of the car, I walk up, he's like, what's going on? He's like, the lobby's closed. I'm like, okay, what's going on? He said, hey, I'm just here to turn myself in. I said, for what? He said, uh, excellent shot killed someone last night. So he says that he was at a 
on County Line Road, doesn't know the exact address, said he was shown to friend a gun, and it went off and shot her in the chest, and she's deceased. I said, does this person need assistance? They need help, or are they deceased? He said, they're deceased. So I detained him. I said, hey, if you want to talk to me, I'm just detaining on, on what you're telling me, and I'll read you Miranda, you know, and talk to you. But he said there's a gun in his car. I haven't confirmed that's the gun he used. He doesn't even know the address at this point. That's as far as we got. So. Okay. Yeah. So you're the perfect guy to me. He's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I'm going to read him Miranda and see if he wants to keep talking. He said he wants another pair of cuffs on. I think that's... I'll just put another set on if he's willing to keep talking to me at this point. So. Cuff me twice, bitches. Montgomery County, Miami County, Florida, We're going to need to try to find out where this happened. I know. So I'm going to try to keep talking to him. Miamisburg, Ohio, apparently. Another pair of cuffs on you, okay? Oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, either. Either. I don't think that you're causing any problems. Just, just. You came in, obviously, you came in wanting to talk to us. You want to I'm tell us about I'm this. So, there, just relax, relax a little. By the way, there's no news value to this video. I just wanted to watch it. Usually we're highlighting criminal justice issues. This was just Justin and his morbid curiosity. We'll sometimes just watch cop videos for the hell of it. This card, okay. I'm a police officer, sheriff's deputy. You I think the rest of the videos that we have for tonight are kind of uh, salacious and uh, anything titillating, not, not so much newsworthy. If you cannot afford, I'm sorry, you have the right to speak with a lawyer for advice before you're asked any questions. You have the right to have a lawyer with you during any questions. You understand, yes, as the pot brothers would say, shut the fuck up Friday. Or a lawyer from the public defender's office will be provided to you before and during any question without any cost to you. Do you understand? Yes. If you decide to answer any questions now without a lawyer present, you will still have the right to stop answering at any time. You also have the right to stop answering at any time until you talk with a lawyer. Do you understand? Yes. Okay, now that you understand your rights, are you willing to, to answer any questions without a lawyer present? Um, um minimal. I mean, okay. Minimal. Let's go to the interrogation here. Yes. Relatively quickly, too. We're at like 6.45 now. Is it 6.30 when they were talking with him? Okay. You know about what month she was born in? Mm. November, I think. I'm not sure. Do you know about what year? Oh, yeah. Um, 66? Mine's for 311. Can you try November... First, 1966, on um, Michelle Elliott. Yeah, sorry, we, we never exchanged cards and stuff like that. But... So you don't live on uh, Soldier's Home anymore? No, I do not. Okay, gotcha. No, I've been, uh, I was living in my truck, and then uh, after um, my health... I feel you, brother. And I couldn't keep a med card because my blood pressure was too high. 
Yeah, I, I quit and then took my savings and just been staying in rooms or in my truck. He doesn't know her son. Like, were you staying at that house with her? No. Or would she let you stay there? Or? No, well, she offered, but because of her debilitating disease, I couldn't. It was it was too tough to be around her. It was too tough to be around her when she was drunk and high. It was too tough to be around her when she was drunk and high. What were they were partying together, weren't they? So we we what we know thus far is that he turned himself over to the cops. Six o'clock p.m. the next day, said he shot her the previous night by accident. I don't drink and I don't take pills. So that's what we argued about all the time. You know, if it wasn't, if I ignored it, it was fine. But I had to put up with the way she acts when she was under the influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We have motive. She's dry mouth. You want the water? Sure. All right. Let me get your water. I'll be right back, okay? Thank you. Let me just shut this door. If you need something, just knock on it. Be like two seconds. Hey, Justin. She, What's up? He said that he thinks she's born in 66. Duly noted. Justin for a middle name. Does he know a middle name? Um, I'll go ask. He said he believes November something 66. Dispatch can't find anything. Try to run on records. I'm going to get him a water. Has anybody sent the coroner to the fucking location? I did skip a little bit though, so... Do we even, do we even have a body yet? Here's your water for you. Thank you. Do you know her middle name by any chance? No, I don't. You don't? Okay, but you said it's a brick ranch, white garage store. Right. Does it have like, is it like way off the road? Is it close? No, it's close to the road. And it's approximately maybe a half a mile to three quarters of a mile east of State Route 49. Okay, I'm sorry to say that again. You said it's about three quarters of a mile east. It'll be on the Miami County side, the north side of the road. East of Phillipsburg? Um, north of Phillipsburg. But east of what road, I'm sorry? Oh, State Route 49. 49. Okay, give me one second. I'm going to try to pull up an image of it. Okay. Go to Google Maps. He said it's like... Hey, Cash, you're local. Can you respond back to the PD and come uh, to the basement to the interview rooms? 
I'm still, I'm still recording, by the way. Um, he said he thinks it's a three-fourths of a mile east of 49, County Line Road. We're almost at the end of this. I don't think we're going to get much more information out of it. Authorities in Miami County, Ohio, aren't treating the death of Michelle L. Elliott, 57, as a mistake. Officers did not immediately supply their own take as to what really happened in that home. In any case, Mason wasn't around to see the officer's skeptical statement because he'd already been taken to an interview room. As seen in the footage, he provides details that were sketchy for the purpose of finding Elliot's home and pinning down her exact identity. For example, he did not know the street number of her home. Deputies for the Miami County Sheriff's Office said they were dispatched to perform a welfare check that day to a home uh, in the... 1100 block uh, the Miamisburg Police Department told dispatch that Mason went to their department and told them he shot a woman at Union Township home upon deputies arrival they received no response looking through a window blood was observed in the residence forced entry was then made at which time an adult female was found deceased in the residence suffering from what appeared to be a gunshot wound Mason pleaded not guilty at his arraignment on March 28th it was about a week ago. It remains in Miami County Jail on a $1 million cash bond. So yeah, just walks up to him like, yeah, shot an old friend. Foul play seems to be suspected by the cops. We know that foul play is suspected when it comes to a California dermatologist has been accused of pouring liquid drain cleaner into her husband's tea. She has now been indicted. A Southern California dermatologist accused of pouring liquid drain cleaner. I think they call that Drano into her husband's tea was indicted by a grand jury for the alleged crimes. You, Emily, you 45. I think you and you are her first and last name. You, you. Faces three felony counts of poisoning, one count of domestic battery with injury, and if convicted on all counts, a maximum sentence of eight years and eight months. Our home should be where we feel the safest, Orange County District Attorney Todd Spitzer said, yet a licensed medical professional capitalized on her husband's daily rituals to torment her husband by systematically plying his tea with a Drano-like substance intending to cause him pain and suffering. U.S. Attorney Scott Simmons said she will plead not guilty at a scheduled arraignment on April 18th. So there is video evidence supporting uh, the suspicion that he was being poisoned. Do we have the video inside of this? I don't know that the video will have been released, but they did have screenshots. Wait, that is not even the that's not even this story. That's a different story. This is an alleged screen grab of Dr. Yu, but it doesn't say that she's poisoning her husband's tea there. The man's attorney, Stephen Hittleman, told USA Today last year that his client first began noticing a chemical taste in his drinks in March. He said he soon developed symptoms that eventually led to his doctor diagnosing him with esophagitis, stomach ulcers, and gastritis. 
Hittleman said his client recorded video of her dumping drain cleaner in his drinks at their urban home three times in July. In one of the videos, Heidelman said the woman removes plastic wrap covering her husband's drink, pours drain cleaner in it, and then covers it back up. After the first video of finding out she was poisoning him, he took his morning tea and put saran wrap over it. She still peeled it off and put the Drano in it. The day after her arrest, her husband filed for divorce and requested custody of their two children. Hughes' attorney could not immediately be reached for comment by USA Today, but said in a statement to CBS Los Angeles that his client was misrepresented. She's accusing her husband of trying to get a leg up in divorce proceedings. So her attorney saying it was a plot, that he is lying. It was a plot to make her look bad for the divorce. Hmm. Keeping it in Cali, a Tesla caught fire in West Hollywood. Bystanders tried to rescue the victim, but unfortunately they were not able to. I wonder how much it being a Tesla factored into this. They seem to be fucking death traps. Elon person is dead. Two others are in the hospital after a fiery crash earlier this morning on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. Eyewitness News reporter Shayla Gerardin is live at the scene with the very latest. Shayla? Yes, we're told the driver and one of his passengers is still in critical condition this morning. And as you can see, they still have this whole area taped off behind me. There was a lot of debris on the road earlier, so they do have a street sweeper out here. Now, up here on my left-hand side, that is the restaurant, that pink taco, where that car went crashing into earlier. <laughs> Please tell us they still have a lengthy investigation ahead. Most people enjoy crashing into a pink taco. In West Hollywood this morning. I started hearing like pops and like sparks fly out of the vehicle. The flame just got bigger and bigger and it eventually like just engulfed the whole vehicle. The driver of the car fleeing the scene and leaving his passengers behind. From what we see behind us, someone died inside of a burning car, you know, and the driver was picked up by people following and immediately left the scene. Wow. 30 this morning. A car was traveling westbound on Sunset when it went off the road, hitting a lamppost and a tree. The car crashed outside the Pink Taco restaurant and went up in flames. The driver took off, but onlookers were quick to try and rescue the people inside. There are already four people like just beating the, the window open, trying to get it open. There were three female passengers inside the car. One died at the scene. The other two were transported to the hospital. It's unclear if speed was a factor, but neighbors tell us it's a familiar sound along this stretch of sunset. You hear Jesus. the roaring of the engines going by, super fast supercars. They sound like jet engines. Um, so it does, it's pretty. His hat says pickleballer. Heard the roaring of the engines going by, super fast supercars. They sound like jet engines. Um, What's a pickleballer? It's pretty consistent. The driver was picked up by a car that was following them. He's in critical condition at the hospital. The person ran, uh, leaving someone behind is shocking. And like, I mean, I think that's a- Leaving three people behind. 
And Sunset and Roxbury is still closed at this hour. Investigators are asking drivers to avoid the area. Still no word if drugs or alcohol were a factor in the crash, but of course we'll keep you updated as we learn more. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Get more. What up, Mark Brown? I like Mark Brown. We do we do a lot of stories from ABC uh, Seven apparently because we get Mark Brown a lot. I do not like uh, uh, it's Brian Kilmeade at the end of Fox videos. It's Stephanopoulos at the end of ABC videos. I do not like them. Mark Brown always happy to see Mark Brown does a damn good job. Keep up the good work, Mark Brown. Speaking of good work. I did not get to uh, touch on the 20th anniversary of Iraq. That was during my hiatus of the of the 2003 invasion of Iraq that uh, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of uh, last month. But I would like to highlight my favorite person. I wish I, I wish I never had to know this guy's name. But if the Iraq war had to happen, I'm glad I do know. Or I mean, I guess I don't know his name. I don't know what his name is. But he'll always be a uh, Iraqi journalist that threw a shoe at George W. Bush guy to me. This is the moment Iraqi journalist Muntaza Al-Zaidi held his shoes at President George W. Bush during a news conference in Baghdad. It was December 14, 2008, nearly six years after US-led forces invaded Iraq. Al-Zaidi's act was meant to show his anger at the corruption and chaos that merged his country following the invasion. Now, looking back at the footage almost 15 years later, he is still furious. Good, you should be. The scene stands as proof that one day a simple person was capable of saying no to that arrogant person with all his power. Tyranny, arms, media, money, and authority. And to say that you were wrong, you killed many people. And changed the fate of several countries, including Iraq, Afghanistan, Lebanon, Syria, and the whole region. In the Arab world, throwing shoes at someone is considered a deep insult. Bush standing next to the then Iraqi Prime Minister, Nouri al-Maliki, ducks. I'm pretty sure that in most cultures, it's not just a Middle Eastern thing, I'm pretty sure in most cultures, throwing your shoe at someone is considered a sign of deep disrespect. Dirty Curdy, what's up? To avoid the footwear. Yeah, unfortunately, Bush had uh, pretty good reflexes. There's an understandable debate over whether the war was worth fighting, the U.S. president had been criticized uh, for his decision to oust Saddam Hussein, an action launched based on faulty U.S. intelligence that the Iraqi leader had amassed weapons of mass destruction. Whoa, I don't even like the way that Reuters put that. It was not faulty U.S. intelligence. They literally lied. They lied. It was not faulty intelligence. They made it the fuck up. Al-Zaidi ended up serving six months in prison for assaulting a visiting head of state. He says he has never regretted throwing his shoes at Bush. When I was released from prison, I didn't feel any different. Yes, of course, I miss my personal freedom, a breath of fresh air, and the ability to live life normally. But I was released from a prison to a bigger prison. 
Like when they move you from solitary confinement to a cell with 20 inmates. I had been moved to a bigger cell with 30 million people, and this is why I was in grief. Al-Zaidi also blames Washington for installing a political elite that plundered Iraq's wealth. 20 years after the invasion, he says the same corrupt elite continues to ruin the nation. The U.S. introduced a waste recycling plant to Iraq. This plant produced an elite that keeps circulating. Sounds familiar. An unhealthy circulation of waste. The same people who entered 20 years ago with the occupier are still running despite the failures and the corruption. Brother, 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 that is the U.S. way of doing things. Letting the same corrupt assholes keep running things even though they, uh, they don't succeed at anything. U.S. knows quite well that it brought pseudo-politicians. Hoping to make a difference, he ran for an Iraqi parliament seat in 2018. He failed to win the election, but that has not stopped him Aww. from using what he sees as a corrupt political class. How do they not vote for fucking Shewitt Bush guy? I didn't win the election, and this is normal amid the presence of those uh, forgers. But that doesn't make me less of an opposition to this corrupt elite in Iraq. So I stayed in Iraq and kept opposing using the classical way of protests. So yeah, they interviewed him a couple weeks ago, but it was something, yeah, three weeks ago. Right, good evening. Uh, yes, I wanted to highlight that. That happened while I was on my hiatus. I definitely wanted to give him his props. Now let's talk about a couple people who do not deserve props. Apparently they're trying to justify their rape of children. Should have done this story when we were doing the churches earlier. I'm going to have to hit the content warning for this one. Comedian Bobby Lee responds to backlash over a resurfaced Tijuana prostitution story. Claims it's not real. Bobby Lee has responded to backlash over resurfaced videos of the comedian repeatedly telling a story most recently on a 2020 podcast episode about an encounter with a prostitute in Tijuana. let's, Let's hear the bit. Here is a podcast where he shared the story on the Tiger Belly channel. I've never worn a condom. <laughs> I know that. Like, I don't even know how it works. I don't even know how my how vagina stayed intact. I don't even know either. After I had sex with you. I know. That was a very big risk. That was a dumb risk on my part. But you did it. I did it. And that's life. <laughs> what are you- Notice the obvious. Sounds like he lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? Proper sexual anarchy requires consent, which children cannot give. I found the original, however. So here it is. How do you use it? Intact. I don't even know either. After I had sex with you. I know. That was a very big risk. That was a dumb risk on my part. But you did it. I did it. And that's life. I and I, I win. I'm a winner. I would have...
So a long time ago, I used to go to TJ to have sex with hookers. Tijuana, Tijuana. Mexico. Yeah, people know what TJ is. Not all. Who, TJ Miller? No, TJ Mexico. <laughs> TJ Mexico. We have some international listeners. And um, after, I worked at a restaurant called the Brockton Villa. And it was a restaurant along the cove. And every Wednesday, we would, all the men, waiters, we would, you know, get our tips. And we would go to Tijuana afterwards. And we would have, I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get regular girls at the time. I was unfuckable. And so I had to resort to certain things, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I went down there, and... Um, God, I don't think I can tell this story, man. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> this isn't a bit. Like, I'm pretty sure... Like, you hear my stories, and my stories are real, but you can hear them that I've worked them out to be a bit. This isn't a bit. So there's... Two brothels at the time, Adelita, and then across the street was a place called... Um, Hong Kong. No, <laughs> Hong Kong is down the street. Okay. But across the street was a place called Chicago Club. Mm. So, like, the military was there one night in both places. It was packed. There were no women. So I told my friend Dan, I go, hey, Dan, let's go check out Hooker Alley. It's like this alley in back of Adelita. And there are the, girl, the girls that can't get into the clubs. Because they're ugly. Sounds like he's going to say little girls. So I walked down Hooker Alley, and there was this girl that was facing the wall. She wasn't, she, like, like, I'm walking in the alley, she's, like, facing the wall. And I, that's the one I want, obviously. <laughs> the, one, the one you can't see. The, yeah. ones that I, the one that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, it's already weird. Yeah. But I'm going to tell it. Maybe we'll cut it out. Nah, tiptoe. Tiptoe around tip-toe. it? Tiptoe. 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 Keep yeah. tiptoeing. So um, at the end of the Hooker Alley, there's this shitty hotel, Miami <coughs> Hotel or something. And it's one of those hotels where the ground is, if you step on it, you have to literally pull away from it because you, your shoe sticks to the ground. That, that's how sticky it is. Mm. And the stickiness is from probably cum. Sure. Um, also, those yellow, you know, those yellow little things that stick from the ceiling to trap the flies. Oh, fly yeah. traps? Yeah, the gigantic yellow. Broad cum is not sticky. All the liquid from it on the ground. That's gross. It, well, it gets way worse. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And now, mind you, I'm 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm a baby. A baby. And I don't know much about anything. So I take this girl up there. I think it was like 40 bucks, $10 for the room. And I'm having sexual intercourse. I did wear a condom. Sexual intercourse with her. <laughs> you said you raw dog all the time. I was having sexual intercourse with her in the dark, and the moon was shining through the curtain. Romantic. Very romantic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gilbert. Yeah, I'm just noticing. And she, she turned her head into the moonlight, and she was crying. Oh. Yeah, she was weeping like snot bubbles. Yeah. Oh, this is the one facing the wall? Yeah, the one facing this the wall. So I do what any other guy would do, and I started power fucking her. <laughs> oh you yeah. fucking monster! So she's like, you know what I mean, like like an animal, you know, machine gun, like a machine gun. Twenty-one right? year old Bobby. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, she's crying more. I'm sorry, I'm a bad person. Yes. Is it bad already? No. No, it's like okay. What does the machete have to do with this? Tiptoeing. Yeah. <laughs> this is trust oh, me. This is so. <laughs> a sick fuck. That's who gets off to it. 
I, I think Bobby's tiptoeing for sure. Yes. Tiptoeing. This is a tiptoe story. It's a tiptoe story. But my, mind you, we're in a different country. There's different rules. Who would even tell that story? Who would think it was a good idea to go on to a podcast and tell that story? There's no punchline. There's no, there's no funny there. Oof. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bobby Lee is a, is a fucking creep. A 51 year old has been accused on social media of confessing to a child rape after his past comments began recirculating on Wednesday. Lee addressed the criticism on his tiger belly podcast. Yeah. Let's do one more. Uh, they were recording. I, I agree. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't go to the like exact spot where he addresses it. Saying he, he noted that he'd been encouraged to not speak up about the story in order to not bring attention to it, but claiming the story was made up. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been so bad. I just, why would you make that up? There was no, that wasn't a joke. It wasn't funny. It wasn't enlightening. It wasn't endearing. There's no reason to make that story up. It wasn't a personable story. It was very weird. It was very creepy. And I absolutely believe you did it. These last couple of weeks have been so bad. I just need to say something. It's easily explain. It's easily explainable. Lee said that in 2013, he was forced to do press after not selling tickets to a second show at Caroline's. When Lee saw Opie and Anthony on his schedule, he recalled telling his team, I don't want to do that show. It's just not my brand. It's edgy shock jock radio. I was an Opie and Anthony fan. The following year, he was scheduled to go on the same radio show, and Lee said he decided to do self-deprecation and crazy jokes to avoid being skewered by the host. He might have been skewered. So the Reservation Dogs, by the way, I've heard that show is really good. Reservation Dogs actor said he combined two unsuccessful jokes from his tour to form the Tijuana story. The first bit was about going on a date with a young girl who looked like she was 12. God, this... Um, I was doing it to impress Opie and Anthony. Nope, nope. I think he's a creep. I think he's a creep. And uh, I think he is a creep just like Steven Tyler is a fucking creep. Steven Tyler doubling down on his rape of a child. Denies sexually assaulting a minor because he claims it was consensual. Steven Tyler has denied allegations that he sexually assaulted a 16 year old in 1973 and forced her to get an abortion. What a piece of shit. The Aerosmith frontman recently filed a lengthy response to the claims which were made in a December 2022 lawsuit arguing the plaintiff consented to their sexual relationship and that he had immunity as her legal guardian at the time. Tyler, now 75, also asked for the lawsuit to be dismissed, citing 24 affirmative defenses denying the allegations. At one point, Tyler even claimed plaintiff Julia Misley 
formerly known as Julia Holcomb, has not suffered any injury or damage as a result of any action by the defendant. Having to look at your ugly face is a damage if you ask me. In addition, he noted, if it is determined that plaintiff has been damaged, then any such damages were not caused by the defendant. The response comes three months after Misley accused the rocker of sexual assault and sexual battery and also alleged that he forced her to get an abortion during their relationship in the 1970s. In the court documents, Misley alleged that Tyler coerced and persuaded her into believing that they had a romantic love affair, which started when she was 16 and he was 25. It is statutory fucking rape. And Steven Tyler is a pedophile. Jimmy Page, also a pedophile. Just want to throw that out there. Children. Will somebody think about the children? What kind of uh, world are we bringing children into where teachers just go around throwing racial slurs at them? Going to California where a teacher uh, seems to be saying that she didn't do anything wrong by uh, yelling at, at the children. Well, once again, as we as we went over earlier in the show, fuck them kids. Tonight with the story new at six, a teacher caught on video repeatedly using a racial slur during a middle school class in Fontana. Inland Empire Bureau Chief Robin John Andrew video and reaction, including how the school district is now responding. Slurs make kids stronger. We're not showing her face or using her name, but this student who is African-American says she shot this video in her language arts class at Sequoia Middle School in Fontana, showing her teacher using the N-word over and over and over again. You asked me how to spell it, so go ahead and pronounce it. Pronounce it after she was trying to force him to say the word, and she repeatedly kept saying it, and she had a smirk on her face. And how many times did she say it? Probably, she said it a lot of times, probably like 15 or more. How did the issue come up? Well, according to several students, the class was reading a Mark Twain novel. When someone asked the teacher about the spelling of the N-word, that's what prompted this reaction from... I fucking love Mark Twain. Why do we have to read Huckleberry Finn? Why do we have to read Huckleberry Finn? Why do you pick that one? Why that one? What he has he is is such a prolific fucking writer. There's so much you can go to. Go to the well with Mark Why why does it have to be Huckleberry Finn every fucking time? The book's not even that fucking good. From the teacher. The teacher got in front of the class and she was saying that this word is just an English word and everybody can say if she wants to, it's in the dictionary, and that people are oversensitive over the word. What do you think about that? Uh, oversensitive about the N-word. It's the woke moralists. Stop yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. It's not just a word. There is a hell of a lot of connotation in history that, that comes attached with that fucking word. 
uh, not acceptable. Caroline Rivera has two students at this school. In her opinion, the teacher needs to be disciplined. Of course, uh, pulling the teacher out. Uh, maybe the training again. The Fontana Unified School District would not comment on whether this teacher was disciplined or not, but did provide a statement that read in part, quote, while we acknowledge that this derogatory language comes from a not exactly right, right? Huckleberry Finn is a fantastic book to read with the proper commentary and discussion. I've, I feel like that's more for a college class, though. Seriously. I fucking, I had to read Huckleberry uh, Finn when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. And that is not the right time. And that historical context is important to consider when discussing literature. The district does not condone the language that was used in the video or using that language outside yes. the context of discussing the novel. We reached the teacher by phone, but she told us she did not want to comment on the video. Probably best. ABC 7 Eyewitness News. Reserve your right to remain silent there. So I've always have to broach this topic with you guys. I'm on video saying the N word multiple times. Audio and video. I have changed my position on using it. Now, as I've brought up many times, you're probably not like. You're not going to hear it and think, oh, Justin was being racist. Uh, Justin was doing it to make a point, to evoke thought. Uh, I even have a meme of the phrase that I used to say. Um, but it always became... A discussion about my right to say it as opposed to the actual meaning of what I was saying and as someone who is a communications professional you're not getting your point across right so like I was, I was like ah oh, I'm meaning it to be shocking and yada 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 if I have to go get the meme I will I feel like I'm not doing a good job of justifying myself <laughs> oh, where is that meme? Uh, I may not have it handy. Jesus. Jesus Christ. But the... When the saying of the word becomes the topic of conversation as opposed to the actual point you're trying to make, you're not doing a good job communicating. So I have nixed using that language. Some people can do it and get away with it. Like fucking Louis C.K.'s bit about the N-word I think is, is, is fucking brilliant. People are from Phoenix or Phoenicians. Back when Louis was acceptable. Yeah, especially, simp, especially in that situation where there's a power dynamic between the individuals. Ooh, that would be an uncomfortable classroom to be in. All right, let's get some, let's get some sports news in here. We're going to do some sports stories before we get out of here. 
camera catches a pro soccer referee in Mexico kneeing a player in the crotch. You can see the referee right there kneeing the player in the crotch as he's throwing a flag on him, apparently. Oh, let me pop it out. Let me pop it out. Finally, we have... Oops! What is this? Much official! Now it's in slow-mo, so I can't tell if he's, uh, if it's a delayed reaction. You know how, um, I guess LeBron is famous for this, you know, like, trying to, like, get a foul called. And he'll, he'll, he'll play possum, as they call it. Finally, we have... It's in slow-mo, so it's kind of hard to tell. What is this? But it's, it seems like it's a delayed reaction, like, oh, he just need me in the nuts. But also... As a man who has nuts, I can tell you. Sometimes it is a delayed reaction. Sometimes you get hit in the nuts and it's a few seconds later when you actually feel it. So... Now around here, we encourage uh, the kicking of authority in the balls. This is the opposite. He's kicking authority in the balls. This is the opposite of kicking authority in the balls. Even if you had a cup on. It fucking hurts. Even if you have a cup on. Finally, we have... Oops! What is this? No safe word. Hits him with a knee. Law Dog is right. He got up, he got up in the, in the ref's face. But did he deserve to get kneed in the dick for it? Oops! What is this? Much official! Yeah, but don't you cramp all the time? Women have it worse, I would assume. Finally, we have... Oops! What is this? I... Also, like, did he intend to knee him in the nuts, or was he just trying to to, to get him back? Finally, we have... Oops! What is this? Much of yeah, having cramps, like, one week out of the month seems pretty horrible to me. He did have his hands behind his back. The player had his hands behind his back. The ref was uh, in a more threatening position. Oh no! I just wanted to see somebody get kneed in the balls. That was fun for me. I wanted I wanted to do some fun stories. So we're now going to. Kay, uh, Kay Adams. Kay Adams is an NFL commentator and she has a podcast. And she made some kind of raunchy joke on her podcast, it appears. How much do I get if I knock out a light? 20 points. Oh. 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 <laughs> Oh, she got sprayed in the face. Oh, that's what it is. She didn't make a raunchy joke. 
you live in sexual anarchy? You took a load to the face on camera. Yes! Yes! Perfect! That was I literally can't open my eye. Uh, Curious who's been there before. 20 points. Oh! Oh! Yes! Yes! Perfect! That was I literally can't open my eye. How much do I get if I knock out a light? 20 points. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, at least she uh at least she made the bottle come to completion. I really can't open my it. eye. How much do I get if I knock out a light? 20 points. Oh. She knocks out a light. Well, if you take out your own eye, ma'am. Yes. yes! Give me that eye pussy. Perfect. That was I literally perfect. can't I open my it. eye. See, there is some fun for the evening. Had a couple of sports stories. Literally can't open her eye. Oh, I don't see a problem either. There is no problem. No problem at all. Um, here's a bunny having dinner. Having some parsley, I do believe. At Dusty Bunny Boy. Bloopy and Lillipop, apparently, is their name. Aw, shit. Uh, we're a little early for, uh... For Echoplex, aren't we? Should I stick around with you guys? Keep your company until Producer Dave comes on. I'm awfully hungry, though. I'm awfully hungry and I got to pee. All right, I'll keep you guys company. We'll get a little more high. Let me let me pee. You watch the bunny. Didn't expect to take that long. 
Since it is Thursday night. Isn't, uh, I haven't checked in with the Scientology in a while. Isn't, uh, David, uh, miscarriage still on the run? Let's check in. Let's get the latest news. Oh, Miss Cabbage. <laughs> and, then, and then I click, uh, no, no, show results for David miscarriage. Uh, looks like the last update was about a month ago. But yeah, since it's uh, satanic pay, uh, panic in the Thetans, let's get an update on Scientology leader David Miscavige allegedly dodging lawyers as trapping lawsuit looms. God. God, he looks like a sleazy motherfucker. I've never heard that last name anywhere else. Miss Cabbage. What a fucking weird name. Miss Carriage is a good, uh, fun pronunciation of it. A rep for the church tells TMZ the lawsuit is nothing but a money shakedown. The allegations are scurrilous, ridiculous, and blatantly false. Jackie Childs should have been paid to say that. The lawsuit is both a sham and a scam. Did Jackie Childs fucking write that shit? David Miscavige, the leader of the Church of Scientology, is playing a cat and mouse game with lawyers trying to serve him a trafficking suit. At least that's what the lawyers think now that he's allegedly vanished. Oh, of course he's guilty. Over a four-month period, Ms. Cabbage has reportedly eluded processed servers a whopping 27 times at Scientology offices in L.A. and Clearwater, Florida, where the group is headquartered. Oh, my God. Security guards at both locations keep refusing to accept the suit, saying they have no idea where Ms. Cabbage is hiding, according to multiple media reports. Three plaintiffs who formerly belonged to a Scientology sect called Sea Org claim they were forced into the church as kids and worked into adulthood for nominal pay. Valeska Paris, along with Gawain and Laura Baxter, who are married, eventually quit Sea Org and filed a civil complaint against Ms. Cabbage in 2022. Let's hear from him. In a video I'm sure producer Dave has watched many times. He might have even shown me once on stream. I think he has played this video for me. They should be met with the answer, a bunch of fucking bullshit. And people are curious and curiouser. Expect. So, while I could tell you a grift, that's exactly what I expect. Scientology has a get y'all warmed up for producer Dave, the fastest growing religious movement on earth. With more than 11,000 churches, missions, and groups around the world, 
Scientology is expanding more rapidly today than at any time in its history. It's sad. Leading Scientology's international... Oh, no, I think we're on the downswing. ...the ecclesiastical leader of the religion, Mr. David Miscavige. I feel like it's lost steam in the last, like, ten years. Under his leadership, Scientology is accomplishing the aims and goals of its founder, L. Ron Hubbard. Over the last decade, the Church of Scientology opened dozens of new churches in major cities across the globe. Future Dave's gonna come in here and be like, am I late for my own show? These what? churches, referred to as ideal orgs, fulfilled the ideal standard established by Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. To achieve this standard in Scientology churches the world over, Mr. Miscavige saw to the establishment of the International Landlord Office. Robert Evans talking about like the development of each new Elrond coming up with the idea like when he wrote that uh design that thing for that magazine he was writing for and he got all those people to send him a dollar he's like well boys I'm starting a religion <laughs> he was in some kind of boat group ideal and ultimately signifying the completion of each new ideal org Mr. Miscavige opens its doors to the world in Mr. Miscavige. More than 40 new ideal churches have opened across six continents. These new ideal churches. What a waste of time, energy, and resources. Dianetics and Scientology to peoples of all nations. Man, this is just fucking sad. Ideal orgs provide parishioners with a place to receive such benefits through Scientology religious services while serving as a point of coordination and outreach for church-sponsored programs to help people in their community. Even their symbol looks like a goddamn cult the symbol. Buildings are themselves historical monuments. The way they the way they have the pictures of Elrond up, it looks like a fucking cult. The number of new ideal orgs continues. Hey, look at that shit. That looks like a cult symbol. It's all cult symbols. The opening of an ideal church of Scientology to its surrounding community. The events are attended by religious leaders. This cabbage looks like he should be some kind of fucking and car salesman. Moreover, as the leader of the doing commercials on a local TV station, come on down to Miss Cabbage uh, Chevrolet and church staff and executives to review future Miss Cabbage Mitsubishi. Ideal churches and cultural epicenters across the globe drive one purpose: to make Scientology. Call my personal phone number one eight hundred Miss Cabbage. To facilitate why I have to be born with ethics came the establishment of Scientology's International Dissemination and Distribution Center. Print also, like I'm not keen on taking advantage of people. I feel like you have to want to take advantage of people. Churches, the 185,000 square foot facility in McCabbage. <laughs> rapid expansion. I'll have a McCabbage sandwich. The Dissemination Center equips every ideal church with custom-designed audiovisual systems used in each location's public information center 
and for hosting seminars and community meetings. And its computerized custom mill is dedicated to producing all signature ideal org elements. Here is state of the art. All the all the fucking cult symbols I was pointing out. Being a new ideal org every ten days. This is also where the uniforms for the church staff and executives are customized and delivered. The Dissemination Center produces materials that keep parishioners in over 160 nations informed and magazines in 18 languages to answer the public's interest in Scientology. It is also from here that the church is able to provide materials for the growing... <laughs> this girl! On, when I was having the, the fight with the supposed leftists on Twitter, she kept calling me a cuck. And, <laughs> and I posted that video from SNL where he's like, and I watch from the corner. <laughs> That's, I don't remember any other lyrics from this song. But I've been singing it in my head for weeks now. And I watch from the corner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Random shit that pops into my head. You live in sexual anarchy? Yeah, law dogs are right. Republicans are on a, on a book burning uh, binge right now. You don't want to invest too heavily in printing. <laughs> Maybe outlawed in the country not long from now. Let's see what I got here. I wanted to talk about that, but that's too sad. The bus driver from last night. Okay, so I don't know who to root for on this one. This is a 4chan dude who apparently threatened a sheriff. Uh, let him fight it out. Another 4chan keyboard commando busted for threatening a sheriff. And he lives with his mom. Which, hey, nothing wrong with that. I asked mom if I could come live with her. She wouldn't let me. Another 4chan user been arrested for allegedly threatening a crusading Florida sheriff. Probably deserved it. Who noted that this suspect, like the last one, still lives with his mother. Tyler Meyer, 30, was picked up on Friday in San Diego and charged with making a written threat to kill or injure will be extradited from California. See you in sunny Florida, Velosa County Sheriff Mike Chitwood posted on Facebook with a mugshot of the sa of the shaggy suspect. You know you're not supposed to be out there. Get down. Get down. Get down. I get on the stream now. Had to go had to go get you down from the TV so you gotta go on the stream say hey to everybody say hey socks hey buddy Smokey says he wants to be on stream too so Smokey gets to come up here hey Smokey I'm gonna look at everybody sad On socks, socks has a growth on the side of his mouth. <clears throat> Poor baby. 
Sparkwad! Oh yeah, what was his what was his threat? I didn't even see it. I got I got distracted by the by the cats over here. His arrest came just a few days after Chipwood greeted another 4chan commenter, Richard Golden, at the airport when he was extradited from New Jersey for allegedly making Wait a minute. This this sheriff in Florida is having other states extradite people that are, are mocking him online on 4chan. Too bad Mike Chitwood isn't safe now that I'm pl- I don't I'm not gonna repeat this. Politically incorrect. Going to Yeah, I'm not gonna repeat any of the quotes, I guess. Uh, they're pretty straightforward. The FBI alerted Chitwood to the threat and traced it to Meyer, who eventually admitted writing it. Guns and ammunition were seized from his home when the San Diego police showed up. Jagging it, jagging it, jagging that. All right, so that'll do it for me tonight. If you're watching on Twitch, you're heading over to the now space. Thursday night, it's the Satanic Panic. It's the Thetans. I'll be back on Sunday, resuming our normal Troll Patrol schedule, following me taking last weekend off for WrestleMania. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you on Sunday night on the Troll Patrol, live.